Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. I got bronchitis. Bye. Welcome to the home of stupid. That's right. You're now listening to Common Man and T-Bone. I'm so excited for some hottie sauce. <laughs> Spread it all over me. <laughs> now the Duke is gone, I need to find myself a lover. Featuring Panama Ted, imported from Panama. Thank you, Ted. You suck. Rihanna Ray on traffic. Five minute delay. And a bunch of internet sounds that make no sense. To reach around the guy. <laughs> you gotta squat and be ready. <laughs> Balls on his chest. <laughs> Strap in and strap it on. This is Man and Bone. <laughs> it's sort of Man and Bone. It's the right time, but it's going to be Chops and Dave Biddle for three hours today. Man and Bone, don't worry. They're not in COVID protocol or anything like that. These are scheduled days off for them. We're good. The Bone will be back for some of next week. Man is off for, for a while, so I think I'm in Monday and Tuesday. And, there, yeah, there will be a mix of people on Common Man and T-Bone for the next week or so but for today it's me and biddle biddle how you doing i don't we haven't done a show we maybe we did a rothman and ice in the summertime i think from a remote location at least i was <laughs> yeah and by remote location i mean like my basement you were at the bahamas <laughs> yes. bowl that's that's oh, where that would were. have been nice that would have been good uh, a very nice assignment to get the bahamas bowl <laughs> imagine playing for toledo and you get to play in the bahamas bowl that's awesome that's that, what that is awesome we're going to talk about bowl games uh later in the show and one of the things is location that I'm gonna that we're gonna talk about, but for now, we had a plan of what we were gonna do, and it's still gonna stick mostly to that. But we have to kind of go with the the big breaking news that happened basically the last half an hour for the Browns. I mean, it's it's been every day in the afternoon. There's been something new with the Browns. Most of it has been new guys on their their COVID list, but we've been following that all week long. And then it was Stefanski, and then it was Baker, and then Jadavion Clowney ended up on it today. And then the reports started to come out, even though they had. There'd been so much pushback on this, not really from the NFL specifically, but reporters who are close, you know, the reporters who are close to the NFL, the insider type people are like, the NFL just doesn't seem like they want to move this at all. Even though the NFLPA is asking, they're not going to move games. They're not going to postpone things. There was a report that the NFLPA was even saying, what if we just got rid of that week between the the end of the season and one of the playoff weeks and just skip this whole week and just moved it all the next week. And that one seemed to be a non-starter. But we did finally start to get these trickles in that now the NFL is discussing about moving the Browns game and possibly other ones because there's other teams dealing with COVID issues right now. And then, like I said, about a half an hour ago, we finally got the word that the Browns game is being moved. So we started this week with all three of our teams that, you know, we air their games here on the fan having Saturday stuff. And how are we going to how are we going to figure this out? Are we going to be able to play all of them or some going to have to go to the AM, all this stuff? And now none of them are playing the Calgary uh, Flames game for the Jackets got canceled. Then yesterday, the Basket Bucks were supposed to go to Vegas and take on the Kentucky Wildcats. No more. That one is canceled. And then the Browns game has not been canceled. It has been moved to Monday at 5 p.m. So you get a little Monday doubleheader with the Browns kicking it off. They'll be playing the Raiders. But still, we really don't know who's going to be available for the Browns, how much they're going to be able to do that. We're going to talk a little bit later about the new protocols that the NFL has had, so maybe that'll help them get some guys back in. But for the Browns, overall, it's still good news. Regardless of 
who they can get back. You have to assume some people are going to be able to to get through that testing threshold, especially if it's new and it's not as difficult to get through. So good for them that they moved it because it was going to be a tough go on Saturday if they had to play with what is currently available. Yeah, Chops. And if, you know, and I believe the new protocols do this, if if now the NFL is going to say, listen, if you're vaccinated, but you're, you know, asymptomatic, you can play. You know, I think everything's going to be fine. I think they made the right call here. I understand the frustration. Um, It looked like the NFL was just like, you know, trying to make sure they kept that Saturday game for the money, you Mm -hmm. know, as Baker Mayfield said. I was reading Um, on Pro Football Talk that it's – They've got so much obligation to the NFL network that they that has to be like a a non competitive window for the NFL network game. And so that's why Monday it has to be at five PM. It can't be anywhere near the it has to be presumably over by the time the real Monday night game starts. So we got a five PM kickoff on that one because of that. And that'll be cool on Monday. I'm sure the ratings would be better on Saturday. You know, my Saturday is way too clear now, as you mentioned. No Ohio State basketball, no no Browns game. I mean, I'm a Bengal fan, but I have like Just multiple, go to the I have mall. multiple I'm Browns. Sure it won't be busy. I have multiple Browns guys like on I'm in like three different I'm in four different fantasy leagues, but three in three of them uh, I'm in the playoffs and I have Browns guys that I need to step up like Nick Chubb. So when this first came down, I was like, Oh, please don't cancel this game. <laughs> please or postpone it to a different week when we're not even playing fantasy football uh, and people might think that's funny why would the nfl care about fantasy football well uh, just like gambling in itself fantasy football brings a lot of eyeballs to the nfl and a lot of money so um yeah man i think the nfl is making the right call here by moving it to monday it's too bad i mean we're having a flashback to last year to some degree i thought we were over this not that covid was going to go away we know that's not going to go away we're going to have to live with it to a certain extent um but the fact that you know games are getting postponed and you you have like you know, teams like in the NBA, like the Chicago Bulls, who I follow, had like half their team on the COVID list at one point. And they had a couple games postponed. So, you know, it's unfortunate that we're seeing this. Hopefully this is a, a brief spike and we're not going to have to deal with this in 2022, but we shall see. And it's not just the Browns that are being affected and not just the Raiders. There's also, it uh, looks like we might have a doubleheader on Tuesday night as well. The Seahawks at Rams and Washington football team at the Eagles. Those are both now expected to be rescheduled to Tuesday, according to sources. This is from Adam Schefter. And then uh, a subsequent tweet about seven minutes ago. He has a time, at least for the Seahawks at Rams. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff right now on Tuesday, according to Adam Schefter. I would think Washington at Philadelphia would be earlier than that, that they wouldn't, unless they're going to try to play them just at the same time in the same window, or I wouldn't think they would do that. No, so I doubt they'll do you're that. Probably looking at a, a four-ish Eastern time start for Washington football team and the Eagles. Plus, they want to get those games in early because the turnaround then of playing on Tuesday is pretty quick for those teams that I'm assuming play the next Sunday. Now, this I love because those are those are games. There's no way I would have watched on Sunday. <laughs> but now, right? you will. but now because and there would have been no football on Tuesday. Like now we have extra football on Tuesday. Yeah, neither one of those games are very good, but that that's where gambling comes in on the money. 9 to 11 a.m. on Sunday, Scotty Vegas and myself. And we're followed this week by the Football Brunch with Chops and Eric Reeser. Yes, sir. Shameless uh, plugs so times we'll two. Have, and we'll have our full slate of Sunday because there's no games now. Really, all weekend <laughs> for us. All our teams, their, their games are being postponed, canceled, moved, all sorts of stuff. Okay, so that's the update in the NFL right now. Good news for the Browns if you're just joining us. Yeah, I would say good news for them because they're the ones dealing with all the players that would be out if the game was played as scheduled tomorrow. They're going to now play Monday at 5 p.m., a little Monday night doubleheader action. Speaking of games that have been canceled, we talked about how the Calgary game for the CBJ, that's not going to happen tomorrow. We don't know when that's going to happen, so they've cut their Western Canada trip 
a little short, and they I believe they headed home today, and then they've got a few days here, and then they play Monday at Buffalo. Originally, they were going to fly straight to Buffalo then from Calgary. So good news for them. They get a, a few days at home, but bad news for them. Their time in Canada did not go well. No, it did not. It did not at all. Um, <laughs> losses, bad losses, and now uh, having a game canceled because of COVID. So uh, not good at all. You know, the Jackets, when they were sitting there at 12-6, and six, you know, I, I did think it was fool's gold to a certain extent, but I was thinking, man, hopefully they can hold on a little longer. You just never know. You never know. This is a fun, exciting team. Um it's it's kind of going off the rails a little faster than I, <laughs> I would have liked. But this is what I expected coming into the year was a record like this. The fact that they got off to that 12-6 and six start yeah. was the big surprise to me. Um, I was there when they played um, um, uh, Edmonton. Uh, not, no, it wasn't Edmonton. Who would the, who's, who's PLD play for now? The Jets. The Je- uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. And they beat them 3 to nothing. Um, it was the night before Thanksgiving. And uh, good friends of ours had free tickets. They won free tickets. T- were nice enough to take us. We were in the lower bowl. That made them 11-6. and six. And you're thinking, everybody's booing PLD. It was so funny. And you're sitting there thinking, man, this, there's something about this team. And I'm still encouraged. I mean, the young talent on this team, they're the youngest team in the NHL, as you know, Chops. And they knocked this draft out of the park. I like what they did with the trades with Seth Jones. They needed to do that. Able to re-sign Zach Wierenski to the long-term contract. Again, the youngest team in the NHL. You had to expect this. Um, and maybe it's good for the long run. If they were, if they snuck in the playoffs this year, do you think they'd have a chance? No, I don't think they would have a chance if they made it into the playoffs. And so it's they, good now because now it looks like they're setting up a little bit better for their draft prospects. Yes. So we know we've got a good core of young guys that can hopefully mature with the team. But now you're looking at a record that's going to put you in a little bit better spot for the lottery. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And... You know, you don't want to completely tank, and they're not going to. I mean, they've got talented guys on this team, and hopefully they can, you know, hover around 500. Now, I'm sure Jacket fans are saying, what are you talking about, hover around 500? We want to make the playoffs. Sure you do. I'm just trying to be realistic. I think when you have the youngest team in the NHL, hovering around 500 would be a good year. You get a decent draft pick. Um, maybe you make a couple deals at the deadline with, I'm not sure who you trade. I mean, they're such a young team. Um, One of the goalies is probably still oh, yeah, up Corpus, there on, Corpus the, on the block. Yeah, yeah, it won't be Elvis. It, it would be... It would be it would be Corpy for sure, but what kind of what value does he have? I was hoping they'd get like a second round pick for him. I'm not sure they could do that now, but uh, I like the direction this franchise is going in for sure. I mean, so, like Sillinger was a great pick at number twelve, I believe. Kent Johnson, the number five overall pick. He's of course a Michigan guy. We forgive him for that, just like we do Zach Wierenski. Um, he was seems like he was a great pick. He's having a great year at Michigan, so very encouraged with what they the Jackets are doing. And they weren't hurt by the expansion draft either. Uh, I can't. What's his name? But he's already back. With the organization, the the uh, Kraken didn't even keep him. Who they who they who they took from the Jackets, and so he's, he's already back with. He's I mean he's still just like a low level. Was it Harrington? No, it was Teddy. At least a, you remember. At least we didn't lose a good player this time. Like like, like Vegas. Yeah, they, and they didn't. They, yeah, they, they didn't try to like strike a deal to like <laughs> don't touch this guy. Whoever it was, it, it, he's already back in the organization with the Jackets, and don't be frustrated. And it, I know this last week. This week was circled. We had we have Jody Shelley on for Shelley time on Bishop and Laurinaitis, and he was telling us uh, last week, whenever their last home game was, that, like, have you guys looked at this road trip schedule and, like, not, like, fully, and he, like, he laid it out for us. It's like, starts in Seattle, goes to Vancouver, heads up to Edmonton, goes to Calgary, then they come all the way back across the entire continent and go to Buffalo. So that was already going to be enough of a roller coaster, but then they go out to Seattle, they look good in that game, they beat the crack, and you feel pretty good. Okay, that's a really great start. Grab two points at the beginning. Then they start 
the game in Vancouver earlier this week, and they go out to a three nothing lead, and you're like, all right, they're they're you know they they hit a little skid after the great start, but now they're getting back on track. They end up giving up that three zero lead, not even in overtime, don't even get a single point out of it, and they lose four three. Then last night against the Oilers, who I didn't know this until I was reading the recap this morning, but they are the best power play team in the NHL. And what did the Jackets do at the beginning of that game? Give them a five on three chance and oh, then geez. a five on four power play goal. And, and then it was, it was three nothing in the first period. The Jackets got it back to four two at one point in the third, pulled the goalie. Then it went to five two and then it was all over. But it was really kind of over in that first period when you're given that you, you can't give the Oilers power play chances. They've been able to convert a lot this year. Best in the NHL at that. Uh, I think it was Wednesday when the Calgary game got canceled. So then that was yanked away from you. And now you're, you're headed back home and you get a chance to take a breath before you head out to Buffalo for a game against the Sabres on Monday. But again, we already had this road trip circled as it was going to be kind of, for lack of a better term, because they are flying turbulent for them. But then they go out there and the games go like that. You get real excited at the beginning of it and then up and down and in these other games, a game gets canceled. Now they're back. Hopefully they can take a breath. They'll take on Buffalo and maybe reset a little bit. But again, I'm like we were saying, not too upset if it does start to not a complete nosedive, but if it starts to drift into out of playoff contention and you're in a good spot as far as where you're going to draft coming out of the season. Yeah, and you want to see my biggest thing is um, this is just my opinion. I, I want to see the young guys progress as they should develop. That's my biggest thing right now. Yeah, wins and losses. Um that's the most important thing. Usually, I think this year for the Jackets, it really isn't. It's the development of the young players. Unless you think, and anything can happen in the NHL if you make the playoffs. It's, it's unlike any other sport. If you make the playoffs, it then becomes a crapshoot. I just think this Jackets team, even if they got in, um, really would have little to no chance of, of winning the Stanley Cup. So I want to see these young players develop and and just set set it up for the future. I think they're set up very well. Maybe not necessarily next year, but in a couple years, they could be a very dangerous team. And, you know, just thank your lucky lucky stars that it wasn't like a complete teardown. It looks like it is going to be something that they can build on right away. This tease in honor of the new Spider-Man movie, Analytics, More Menace Than Hero, Con Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heath Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident causing slowdowns on East Livingston Avenue at Barnett Road. Plan on some backups as they try to get things cleaned up. About a five-minute slowdown over here. And more delays on I-71 southbound between 5th Avenue and East Broad Street. Traffic is slow there as well. Traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common Man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Dare dare to be dumb. The team that is better on paper will win at least 50% of the time. This is Man and Bone. Chops and Dave Biddle filling in on this Friday. Big show today. We've got Tool of the Week coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We've got our NFL picks 
in the 4 o'clock hour. As always, we'll have Backpage. And if you want to get in some of your Tools of the Week, be sure to tweet in to at manandbone971. Nominate your Tools of the Week for a chance to win fabulous prizes. The Chiefs got the fabulous prize last night in the Thursday night football game, even though it looked like the Chargers were kind of in the driver's seat for most of the game. They led pretty much the entire game. I'm not even... The Chiefs... I think the Chiefs led 7 nothing. Yeah. So they had that. The, the Chiefs led 7 nothing, and then they didn't lead until it was over because it ends in sudden death in the overtime there when Travis Kelsey... Man, the the later part of that game, the last uh, the last half of the fourth quarter and, and overtime, Travis Kelsey was just playing so well. I was saying this to to Teddy that like when and we know this but it's still it's still something when you see it when Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Mahomes are are all three on and they've got that trio working well that offense just hums it's really spectacular to watch sometimes no doubt about it I mean Tyreek Hill is just so electric when he gets that ball and then Kelsey is an animal I mean an absolute animal age of 32 still doing what he does I mean that was his career high in yards almost 200 yards receiving the way he was doing it I mean that walk-off touchdown was like a five-yard pass and he's out there cutting around like he's like Teddy Ginn I'm not saying his speed was like Teddy Ginn it was just you don't expect a yeah. tight end to be making those cuts and everything and he had another I, one I even like the celebration how he's everything about it was cool. earlier in the game he had a similar one where he was kind of weaving in and out and he got all the way down to the one it was almost another touchdown yeah. on that one yeah um yeah what a game that was what a game and um I know you want to talk about something that's uh, close to your heart with all of these the analytics and the kicking of field goals you're not a fan of this. I want to preface it with I understand how analytics work. So I understand what Coach Staley is doing with, with the Chargers. That for the averages to work out, when you go forward on fourth, you have to commit to that ideology. You have to keep doing it. Otherwise, then, yeah, you're doing nothing. If you're going back and forth, then you're not actually committing to it. And then you lose all of the statistical benefits of I don't know what the number is. But going forward on fourth ends up with more points in 80% of scenarios, whatever it is. And and that's great. But you also don't get to extend those numbers out over multiple games. And I think sometimes you really have to look at a game and think about what you're doing because this game was so important for them in their division race. I believe they were just one game apart Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the night. Now they're two games apart because the Chiefs won. So they would have been tied up there at the top of the AFC West, had the Chargers won this one. And to me, a game that goes to overtime, seems like it was on a platter there that you missed two fourth and goals in the first half. First, actually, did you read this? They're the first, the Chargers are the first team since 1984 to miss two fourth and goals in the first half of a game. Since the Chargers versus the Chiefs <laughs> wow. on December 16th, 1984. Holy <laughs> crap. To the day. Dan that, Fouts at quarterback for the Chargers that day, I would imagine. So that's a wild one. But especially the they kicked one last play of the first half that clearly get the three points there. You go up 14 to 10 or 17 to 10. You were up by a whole touchdown at that point. And a game, I, I know things, you can't say things go the exact same way, but they held on to that lead pretty much the rest of the game. And it was, it was up to Kansas city to, to make their way back. So you add another three, maybe six points to that. I just feel like people are doubting the field goal. Now I don't, I get that it's behind the analytics, and sometimes you do get frustrated that old old school conservative guys don't go for it on fourth down. But at a certain point, we can't just sit here and act like field goals are negative plays for teams. And there's a little bit too much of that for my liking right now. I've watched enough Iowa games in my time to know that sometimes <laughs> kicking the field goal and punting wins games. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I watched enough trestle ball to know that uh, kicking field goals um, can win games. But I also, this is interesting as heck to me, Chops, because it's such a dichotomy. For years, I was screaming from the mountaintops that coaches are way too conservative on fourth down. They need to go for it more. I mean, you'd have, I mean, guys, I mean, I'm a huge, I'll use Trestle as an, as an example. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Jim Trestle fan, huge. But he he would, there'd be times he'd have the ball at the opponent's 38 on fourth and one and hit punt. I mean, pretty much every time. And it's like, what are you doing here? And I used to scream from the mountaintops, like, more coaches need to go for it on fourth down. It feels like there's been an overcorrection. Now, I will play devil's advocate a little bit last night. Yes, looking back on it 20 hindsight's 2020 field goals would have won that game for the chargers early on in that game i give them a pass i understand what they're doing you're probably thinking listen field goals are not going to win this game if we have a fourth and five and we don't get it on that first drive at least the the chiefs have to start their drive at the five turns out the chiefs went 95 yards didn't matter (laughs) and like you know they could do whatever they wanted in that drive but i understand the reasoning as you pointed out during the break the most egregious call last night was right before the half. It's a do or die play at that time. You either kick the field goal because there, there was like what two seconds left, or you go for the touchdown. And if you don't get it, there is no bat. You're backing up the opponent. That's mm-hmm. why I'm a huge fan of going for it near the goal line in most cases because if you don't get it, at least they have to start, you know, their drive near their goal line. There at the halftime, I mean, they should have kicked a field goal, and you can make arguments they should have kicked field goal other times too. But I understood what uh, what Staley was doing most of the time. Right before halftime, I didn't get it. And to your point, I think there's been an overcorrection. Yeah. Um, I like being aggressive. It's not always going to work. And when it doesn't work, it makes the coach look like an idiot. And when it works, he looks like a genius. Um, but you're right. You have to commit to it. You can't say we're going to go for it on fourth down if it's fourth and three and we're in positive territory. But then if it doesn't work out, then you start to choke and, and you switch your game plan around and then you decide to punt or kick field goals. you got to commit to So yeah, from something. that standpoint, yeah. I do understand what Staley is doing because yeah. like I yeah, you. if you want to actually have the averages work in your favor, you do have to commit to it. But sometimes it just feels like, do we want a computer making all the decisions or did we hire a coach and are we paying him $6 million a year to figure this out? And there's a lot of nuance in football that the analytics are a very helpful tool, but they can't be the end-all be-all of your decision-making. Otherwise, what are you really doing? What's the point of having you out there to make those decisions? And the score matters. It can't just be if you go to a game saying, okay, man, listen. Three points is still three if points. We're at, if we're at the 35 and it's fourth and one, we're going for it. Like, okay, that sounds good. What if you're up by 16 points at that time? There are people. Then maybe you should kick the field goal in the fourth quarter. Maybe normally you wouldn't go for it. In a clo- in a tie, in a tie game, you got to go for it there. If you're, if you're winning, maybe you kick the field goal in that situation. The inverse of that, too, is the people who completely rag on anybody who kicks a field goal to make a two-score game a two-score game. Say you're down 16. There can be a benefit in kicking a field goal, making it 13. Now, if you score two more touchdowns, all you got to do is kick the extra point. If it's early enough. And 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 you've taken the lead. Instead of having to score two touchdowns and convert two two-point conversions. Whereas if you go for it on fourth down there, you're still in that situation where you have to convert two two-point conversions, which are really hard because teams don't really have that many plays in their playbook that are meant to score from the divisions, which are really hard because teams don't really have that many plays in their playbook that are meant to score from the... I mean, we won right before the end of the first half. Kick the field get that one either. Real quick... The one coach who has not got the memo about fourth down is Zach Taylor. He hasn't got the memo about doing anything that good coaches should do. I thought he was supposed to be a boy wonder. He's not he's no not one, one of them. No one thought he was a boy wonder other than whoever hired him for Cincinnati. He was Sean McVay's water boy, basically. Well, if you if you shake Sean McVay's hand, that's cooled off a little bit, but what, two, three years ago, if you had shook Sean McVay's hand, 
you could get a job in the NFL. <laughs> Bull, uh, up next, the NCAA is making some changes that really just look like them making their own coffin. Common Man and T-Bone right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for slowdowns on westbound 670 between I-71 and 4th Street. Traffic is beginning to build in that area. You'll also find slowdowns on I-71 southbound between 5th Avenue and East Broad Street. Traffic is still slow there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts at Napa. When it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved in local communities, get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire Care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. You wanted the best. Instead, you got these two. This is Common Man and T-Bone. And then there's two guys who are even lower than Common Man and T-Bone. Jobs and Dave Biddle filling in today. So you wanted even those two. Instead, you got these two. But we're having a good time. At least we got the A-team producer. Yeah. So everything's going to be... Panama Ted's in the house. Everything's going to be on the ball yeah. on that side of the yeah, glass. Yeah, everything will be fine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just send it to Bragg. Uh, traffic report now. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. We're going to speak it into existence here. Everything's going to be fine. Everybody just calm down. No need to freak out. <laughs> For those of you... Is that an half-baked reference? <laughs> I was thinking it was... It might, it might be. I, think, I was thinking Jerry Maguire, but that probably isn't right. Well, no, okay. It is Jerry Maguire, but it, in half-baked, they make fun of Jerry Maguire, and okay. he does it too. When so the, Is it when the guy quits? When yeah. he's just like, bleep you, bleep, bleep, bleep you, you're cool, bleep you, I'm they, out of here. They all quit, yeah. Um, <laughs> For those interested, the Bahamas Bowl is uh, winding down right now. Just over a minute left, and Middle Tennessee stayed up 31-17 to on Toledo. Toledo uh, just got in the red zone, so maybe we'll see an onside kick here. But that's where we're going. We're going to talk about bowl games a little bit in the next segment, but something closely related, well, seemingly, but actually not, and it seems like they're going to get even further apart as time goes on. The NCAA, this was a month or two ago when they were talking about, oh, we're going to do like a, a constitutional meeting and uh, kind of change all of our stuff, and the ideas that came out of it sounded like, oh, you're just stripping, basically stripping it for parts. They're, they brought their... They're like executive committee. They like cut it in half. They're doing all this stuff. So then this comes out today that they're, they're, they're closer to these changes. One of the changes is clarifying language that ensures to the greatest extent possible that any imposed penalties do not punish programs or athletes who were not involved or implicated in the infractions. A modification to the typically lengthy investigative process that sometimes isn't resolved until after the individuals who committed the violations have moved on. Well, with the, you know, coaches and administrators, they might stay a little bit longer, but a lot of times we see this where a, a player has accepted an impermissible benefit. He's long gone, i.e. like a Reggie Bush at USC, and then they're hit with sanctions. Sounds like with this change that they wouldn't do this. There's a lot of turnover. I, I don't know if you pay attention to college football or college basketball I, or college sports. I'm just now hearing about it. Generally, the players aren't around very long, so if they're not going to... But I think this is the right choice, but they're not going to put these these punishments on the organizations once the people involved are gone. 
then when are they going to put the punishments on? Right. I mean, the Wild West just got wilder. I don't know. But now you and can I, do whatever you always, want as long as that guy's gone by the time the NCAA catches wind of it. No, it's interesting. I think we've all said common sense would tell you, like, it's unfair that people had nothing to do with the crime or getting punished for it. You know, like, it's unfair that the 2012 Buckeyes were punished for things that happened in 2010 that they had nothing to do right. with. Um, that they, that undefeated Ohio State team was not able to play for the national championship, and they would have played Notre Dame for the national championship that year under the old BCS system. It would not have been Alabama making it. It would have been Ohio State. So um, I I have mixed emotions about this because this is just going to, like, if you cheat now, what's going to be the penalty? Because most likely the players are going to be gone. Probably the coach is going to be gone at that point. Yeah, if the penalty's bad enough, then won't a team just be proactive and just fire the coach? Or, and then or, say, now we, you can't punish us? Or the coach will pull a Pete Carroll when the you know when, when, things, right. when things were getting hot at USC. He's like, I'll just take the Seahawks job and win a Super Bowl instead of dealing with NCAA sanctions. Because college coaches jumping to the NFL always works out, <laughs> as we all know. That's one of the few exceptions. But, <laughs> but he had to try it. That was his third time. Yeah. I mean, so when people say Pete Carroll's the exception to the rule... Yeah, his third time was. First yeah. two times were not. Jimmy Johnson's really the only exception to the rule, right? right. I Well, Paul Brown. Okay. <laughs> I, I, <that's, laughs> I'm, being, I'm being a little sarcastic there. I mean, obviously a little bit of a different time there in the 40s. Paul Brown was I just think, football coach. I think Jimmy Johnson is the... Because people might say Barry Switzer, but that's... Uh, you know, I, I I think it's completely unfair to say Ryan Day I thinks he had a triple and was born on, on, on third base or was born on third base and thinks he had a triple. Barry Switzer, absolutely, that, that applies for him, for that Super Bowl team with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, he inherited. You would have had to be the worst coach in the world to not win a Super Bowl with that Cowboys team. More from this NCAA news. Another change from the second draft of the Constitution, which was shared December 7th, requires each school to make its name, image, and likeness policies publicly available. Now, this one seems a little bit like, oh, that that seems like, again, these are good things. The NCAA is finally very, very late to the to the chase, like coming up with these things. But the problem with this one, each school needs to make their name, image, and likeness policies publicly available. Why aren't you just making name, image, and likeness policies as the uh, governing body around college sports? So now you're just allowing the schools to do it avail- uh, themselves. Yeah, they have to make it available. That's good. So we at least will all be on the, the same page as far as this t- this school allows this, this school doesn't allow this, whatever it is. But again, that just means, again, something that the NCAA is just saying, we're not going to do that. We're not going to handle that. It's It's office space. What is it you say you do here? That's what the NCAA's been for a few years, and now they're just putting it in writing. Yeah, it's it's laughable. You know, they're they're just completely backing away from having anything to do with big time college football. Really, and I think eventually there needs to be some type of regulations with name, image, and likeness. And, it, and it, since the NCAA is going to have nothing to do with it, I think it boils down to and I don't know if they're going to want to do this the power five commissioners need to get together oh, God, that means Kevin Warren would be in, included so maybe I should be careful what I say here they've got to figure something out between them the power five conferences need to figure out some type of regulations like what are we going to do here and I don't know what that would entail but right now it is a mess college football is a mess right now and I'm happy for the players that they get to profit off their name image and likeness I think that's fair but I do th- feel like there needs to be some regulations um, I also think it's good for the players who are able to transfer for one time without any penalty and not have to sit out a year. But you see coaches doing that. But I, I think both things can be true. I think it's good for the players, and I, I, I agree with it. But it also hurts college football, in my opinion. I think college football has taken a big hit. It's my favorite sport. Um, I'm, just, I'm not just saying it because I cover it. It's my favorite sport to watch, too, and I still love it. And it's always going to be great, but I think it's taken a major hit with both name, image, and likeness and guys being able to jump in the portal. It's just... Um, 
it's not good for the sport. I'll put it that way. I think it's going to be okay. I feel like the name, image, and likeness stuff is more likely to even the playing field than we've had in the past 15 years where the, the top schools have a, and if it does go the other way, I mean, how's that really different than how recruiting has been if the top schools are able to keep it? But I think there's going to be more room for teams to entice players to, to come there if they can set up certain name, image, and likeness things. Uh, you see the Jackson State one. Now that one's really unique with the, with Deion Sanders and then the, the position he's in with possibly the barstool sports deal that's been rumored that's a million dollars for that uh that cornerback coming from FSU Travis Hunter I think Travis Money Man Money Maker no, <laughs> It's Travis I know that much <laughs> um but I I do think there's going to be unique opportunities as teams get into this to entice players that they might not normally get. I think about teams that are competitive but aren't aren't recruiting at that level. Say a uh like a Wisconsin or something, you know? You can come here, be one of the the big men on campus right away whereas if you like a Mayan Williams could be a starter at at, at different schools. You know, I I don't I don't always want to bring up Iowa, but I feel like Mayan Williams would be the starter at Iowa. He's probably better than Tyler Goodson or at least he would he would be in there a big time. If he can go there, he's automatically the the big name on campus at Iowa. And so then that gives them an opportunity. So that actually changes the name, image, and likeness as not only just being like a pay to come here, but it might actually be worth it, a worthy investment of the business. So I think there's going to be factors of that that come in. But you're right. There needs to be something more on the books, and it needs to be national. It cannot be each school just comes up with whatever they want. It can't even – and individual conferences is too much. It at least has to be an agreement amongst the Power Five because right now there are schools like Texas who – do not care at all what right. the rules are, like whether or not they're <laughs> getting close to a line there's no rules. or not. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have other schools, and I think uh, the way Ryan Day has talked, and there's other coaches you can hear it, and Ryan Day hasn't been as bad as like a Dabo Sweeney who seems like completely against it, but really unsure about what can we do, what can't we do, what's going to get us in trouble, what's going to be allowed, and, and teams don't know that. So they need to do that. It does not look like the NCAA is going to do that. They've essentially, like I said, made their own coffin here and just said, we're not going to do anything anymore. We're just going to exist. We're going to play in a basketball tournament once a year, make a billion dollars there and divvy it out to the hundred employees or whatever we have in our eight executives. And that's it. NCAA, it, to me, it, especially at the major college football level, because they do the playoffs for other other divisions, but at the major college football level, it seemed like this for a while now. And I think this is really just leading down the road, just we're taking baby steps towards it, that the NCAA is going to have nothing to do with major college football. Yeah, it's fascinating, Chops. I mean, we knew there'd be twists and turns. We didn't know what we were getting into. We knew it'd be interesting, and it is. Like, what's going on at Texas with the boosters completely taking over that program (laughs) with what they're doing, setting up like a charity where they can, uh, like a nonprofit where, you know, guys can get like $50,000 a year, like every lineman's getting Mm $50,000 a year. And if you think just Texas is doing that, guess what? Brian Schottenstein, the Schottenstein family stepping up. He was like, somebody asked him on Twitter, Come on, at the shot. You gotta, when are you going to step up? And he replied, we're planning on doing the same thing. All right. So the Schottensteins are setting up some type of, according to Brian Schottenstein, they're setting up some type of uh, nonprofit where, you know. Value de- City offensive line. Details, details to come, he said. I don't want to say too much because, you know, he just he, he was a little vague. But he said, um, you know. They're going to do what they can to help out as well. So Ohio State has plenty of prominent boosters. I'm sure they'll mm-hmm. step up to the plate. But it's going to be interesting to see what Ohio State does because Texas has kind of taken – well, I don't want to say kind of. Let me rephrase that. Texas has taken the lead here. They are the ones that are being the most aggressive. Their boosters are being the most aggressive, and, and it's working. Look yeah. what they're doing in recruiting right now. 
Well, and it's been a little quieter, but I think Texas A&M is also taking the reins here. Did you hear what Jimbo Fisher said? He's like, this stuff's been going on, so <laughs> don't worry about that. All right, so we just had our first bowl game end. Um, skipping bowls, announcements from players, that's been going on all week. I've got some ideas to revitalize bowls, and I think they're all bad, but I'm going to give them D anyways. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle blocking the left lane of I-70 downtown split westbound for the 71315 West split. Traffic is stop and go from Livingston Avenue in this area. Plan on some heavy backups as they try to get things clear. About a 10 to 15 minute slowdown in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. And Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities, get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm the NRA with fan traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Just a couple of guys touching rim and sucking on breath mints. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, no, no. This is Man and Bone. Chops and Dave Biddle filling in on a Friday. Common Man and T-Bone right here on The Fan. We were just talking about the Bahamas Bowl. It just ended, and it was Middle Tennessee State defeating Toledo. I believe it was 31-24. That onside kick didn't work out for Toledo, but they did close the deficit there a little bit. Um, so we're in bowl season. We've got bowl games. I used to be way more excited about bowl season than I am now. It used to be even... Uh, Probably for me when I was younger, because I just really liked college football way more than anything else. It, it rivaled um, the NCAA tournament for me, just that there would be a college football game on all the time. And Bulls have just really, over that last 15 years or so, have really lost their luster for this. Man, 15, I was thinking 15 years ago, I was 13. So I'm like, finally at that age where like longer times ago was still like relatively like a person times, you know, it's not like 15 years ago. I was five anymore, which is like, yeah, what was I doing when I was five, but 13. So yeah, I was right when I said 15, I don't know, just a thought that popped in my head, but either way, bull games have really lost their luster. And now we're starting to see it, it really it, with the playoff and everything and the, how intriguing the NFL chances are and guys not wanting to risk injury and also possibly just focus on, what they're getting ready for in the NFL draft process. So it's not even just the injury part, but practicing with your team is different than what you're going to be doing with a trainer and what your agent is going to be telling you. These are the kind of steps you, you want to take to get there. And I, that's kind of, that was along the lines of this announcement uh, from yesterday. Kenny Pickett, the pit quarterback, was saying, I'm getting ready for the NFL draft. And, you know, thank you to everybody. And he, he said he came back to win a championship. They did that. They won the ACC championship. But this one stood out to me because earlier, in the day, we also had Kenneth Walker of Michigan State say, I'm not going to play. That's the same game. Pitt's playing Michigan State in the Peach Bowl. And so now that game, I mean, 
I was actually kind of interested in that. Kenny Pickett, Kenneth, or yeah, Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, the, the Kens out there. I was interested in that in that matchup. And Michigan State could they put a nice cherry on top of this really good season for them, where they they seem like they're they're kind of back. And now nothing. I don't care about that game at all now. Yeah, it's too bad. I was looking forward to that one too. That's um, you know, I guess you could say it's the the Pat Narduzzi game now. He's former defensive coordinator <laughs> at Michigan State, now the head coach at Pitt. Yeah, that's too bad. It's understandable too. I mean, I'm sure those guys would be playing if their teams were in the playoff. Just mm-hmm. like I'm hearing Garrett Wilson. This is not official Buckeye fans. I'm hearing Garrett Wilson probably won't play in the Rose Bowl. Um, there aren't very many official outs yet. There's some official ins from yesterday. There are. There are. Yeah. And Cam Brown coming back surprised me. Yeah. Uh, initially, <laughs> this is funny. Going into yesterday when I'm like driving to the WAC, I had jury duty all week, but I finally got a chance to we wrap that up. I was going to the WAC yesterday for what they call on-campus media day, and we interviewed Cam. And going there, I'm thinking, ah, I bet Cam Brown's coming back next year as a fifth-year senior. We interview him, and he made it seem like he was he was going to leave. I mean, all of his answers. Now I understand why. He's a he's a good kid. I think he was trying to kind of like mislead us a little bit so he could have his moment in the sun. Yeah. Uh, at some point, which turned out to be last evening at about ten o'clock, uh, which meant I had to get a story together at ten o'clock last <laughs> night. The Cam Brown's coming back, so uh, that's huge news right there. But uh, yeah, man. Ever since obviously, ever since the BCS uh, happened, and then now the playoffs. I mean, the Bulls have been diminished a lot. I will say this though. If you're a college football fan and you're not doing a bowl pool, you're doing it all wrong. Then games like, and I like the ones where you have to give like confidence points. Then games like the Bahamas Bowl, all of a sudden you're interested in it. Uh, not just for five minutes to see what does the field look like in the, in the Bahamas. Like I didn't even know they had a football stadium down there. It looks like they That's what they, we were saying. They, they they prop it up in like five minutes, like uh, before the game starts or something. But um, you know that makes it a lot more interesting. Or you know and. When I say gambling on sports, you don't have to lay a hundred dollars on a on a bet. You can have fun. You can lay five dollars on a game on, on an online site and, and have fun. I do that quite often. I'll just put five bucks on a game, so it's more interesting to me. But if you're a college football fan, which is probably too late to get in one now since we've already had a bowl game, getting bowl pools makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, and with the bowl games, I'm not I'm not blaming the playoff for it because I think the playoff is a better way to go. I'm I'm excited actually for expansion. I don't know where you stand on that and uh you know, we can debate whether 8 or 12, but I think either of those models will be nice for college football and then you can still incorporate the bowl games however you can make the the quarterfinals or the semifinals or whatever some of the bowl games as as they've done with the semifinals here in in the four team method. But how are we going to get people if they if people if these bowl committees and the people around college football and the television people, if they really want bowl games to be something, how are we going to get people interested? Because even the New Year's Six ones are losing. And, you know, I'm throwing around ideas. Does Is offering money incentives now that NIL is a thing, is that something that can work? Is that something that can entice a few more guys to, to stick around? I'm not sure how the NCAA rules apply to that because you get into sort of pay for play type scenarios but again the ncaa is uh, kind of going away so i i don't, I don't think they're gonna have to worry about it too much especially the i mean the, the way they talk about college football it sounds like the bowl committees have a lot more pull than the ncaa does as far as what happens in the postseason so that's one thought that comes to my head the other one is let's rebrand the bulls maybe as like maybe we can start to get more ideas that it's like a preview for next year's team and that might get people more interested that i get to see uh almost a uh like a pre-spring game for people. That's one that I think could help if we can start to talk it up a little bit more like that, but that would require almost more people to say they're not going to play. So I'm not sure how crazy I am about that one, but this third one, this is the one I know is true. 
They all need to be destinations so the players actually want to be there. I'm sorry, Detroit, but I would much rather go to the Bahamas Bowl than the Motor City Bowl and play in Ford Field. I'm sorry. So make them all destinations that the kids actually want to go to. Nothing against Shreveport, but uh, I would rather go to the Bahamas. Okay, the Birmingham Bowl. A little bit against Shreveport. I'm sure Shreveport's beautiful. Um, but yeah, man, the Bahamas Bowl... I mean that 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 should be like one of the bigger bowls. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> why not? I'm not? I agree with you. Location, location, location. It should be for real estate and bowl games. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't think any of those ideas are particularly that great or going to change anything. But something needs to happen. Maybe it is as simple as just taking the bowls down a, a notch and having less of them to make it a little bit more special. But the coaches aren't going to like that because the coaches do like the opportunity to make a bowl just because it gives them all that extra practice and money. You're right. I, I like, well, no, I was going to say the reason I was doing that because I know we got to take a break. I like your idea about if they can do it, if you want to incentivize players to play in the games, money, money if they're talks. sponsored and there's so much money around these, these sponsors want it, then why don't, why isn't some of that money that's around this game right. go to the players? And then, and exactly, and if you don't want your bowl to be killed off, I mean, even the Rose Bowl right now, I mean, Ohio State fans, I know they're getting into it now, but at first it was kind of like, eh, especially after you lose to Michigan, just played in the Rose Bowl three years ago, and we're talking about the Rose Bowl, <laughs> that there's like some malaise about the Rose Bowl, and there still is. I think that's bad. I think that's dissipated a little bit, but still, feels like a consolation game to some degree. Pro leagues are making some changes to their COVID protocols. Will it help with outbreaks? Will it help the Browns? Common Man and T-Bone right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle blocking the left lane of I-70 downtown split westbound before the 71-315 west split. Traffic is still stop and go in this area. ODOT crews are now on scene trying to get things clear, but please be very careful in this area in the meantime. Traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. Next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Attention. Please flip your listening device to the stupid setting. Thank you. You're listening to Man and Bone. Common Man and T-Bone is sponsored by Hinderer Motorsports, the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Chops and Bids is brought to you by, I don't know, Taco Bell. You Taco Bell guy? Hey, I, I, uh, I've been known to have some Taco Bell here and there. I try, try not Bell. Try not to too often, but uh, yeah. Yeah, the last time I had it, it uh, didn't agree with me. As you we'll get older, say. that tends to happen. Yeah. I remember thinking when I was young, I'm like, I got an iron stomach. It doesn't matter. I can have, <laughs> I can drink a few beers, go get some Taco Bell. I'm all good. If I tried to do that now, I'd be just, I'd be a mess the next morning. I'm in that age. I'll be, I'll be 29 in April, and I think I'm just starting to to get to that where I'm really noticing. Like, it's better if I just 
have the turkey sandwich. Yeah. Something like that. That's when I started noticing when I was in my 30s, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's when you lose your, uh, your your ability to eat whatever the heck you want and have no repercussions. And then you have to go into your food protocols. I like segues. <laughs> COVID protocols right now for some of the leagues because we're seeing it. The NHL, uh, they didn't come out with anything that I saw today that was that was too new, but they're dealing with it. We talked about the Calgary game uh, in Calgary for the Blue Jackets was was canceled. That was supposed to be on Saturday. The Browns game we talked we talked off the top of the show is going is moving to Monday, and the NBA has games uh, that have had a couple games canceled and multiple teams that are dealing with outbreaks. Probably most notably the Lakers. Uh, they're Isaiah Thomas is signing with the Lakers on a 10-day contract. I, for, I completely forgot that about him. Seriously. <laughs> I seriously t- did. Every time I see him, because well, he's bounced around so much, that I think they did like a Photoshop, but I was like, wait, did he did he play for the Lakers at one point? Is this a Photoshop or is this... Maybe he did. I can't... He's played for so many teams, it feels like, at this point, that I can never remember if he has yet, but they had him in the little Lakers jersey on the on the tweet, so... What are these leagues doing? Because we're getting to a point where, you know, there's a lot of fatigue with, with COVID-19 and now we've got another variant coming in and all these players are, you know, uh, most players are vaccinated. It seems like in all these leagues and uh, the NHL, especially they were like really hard uh, stance with, with the vaccination. So, but then they're still coming up with, with these and then there's more players that are asymptomatic and how do we deal with this? And they don't know what to do now that there's, there's outbreaks. It's, it's pretty clear that like the, the theory that when it gets colder and people are inside more, that spikes happen. We, cause there was like, there was like no COVID through the fall. There was like a Cal USC game that got postponed and that's cause California has more strict rules than basically anybody else right now. But in college football, there was like nothing until maybe right near the end of the season. You start to hear it pick up a little bit. Same with the NFL. It didn't start to pick up with any inkling of it really until November. And now here we are in December and games are getting moved. Guys are being listed as out or at least on the COVID list. But so many of them are vaccinated and there there's so many of them are asymptomatic so what are they going to do the nfl came out with this and one of the biggest changes to their protocols today is they focused on a new metric that measures the viral load of a player known as the cycle threshold ct in essence the ct value can measure whether a player is still contagious even if in some cases he would still test positive on a traditional test so ct values greater than 35 would be good you want this number to be higher i guess is what they're saying the interesting part for me on this one was the nfl came out and said we're not loosening our our protocols we're not we're we're just we found more data and and a more effective way to to judge if people are going to be contagious which if true great that's awesome that there's a new way to test I've never heard of this CT value, and all of a sudden, the week that they're having trouble, they pull this out of thin air and say, "This is a new one that if you can pass this one." So, if the other le- if it works, the other leagues should adopt it. That's great, uh, but it, it does seem like a very nebulous thing that I know nothing about. And we're just gonna now we're gonna start seeing these CT values, and a bunch of guys are gonna start tweeting them out and be like, "Oh, his CT value is is thirty six, so he's good." I don't really know about it, but if it helps get players back on the field and they're less contagious, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they can you know, measure um, how contagious a player is, that's great news, uh, assuming that's true, and I have no reason to doubt that. Uh, as I said earlier earlier in the show, I think they, and I think they have adopted this. Um, if you are fully vaccinated and hopefully have a booster as well and you're asymptomatic and you test positive, you should be able to play. 
I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, what, <laughs> yeah, you can still get COVID, but you know, it, it prevents you most likely from being in the hospital and in almost every case from passing away. So I think if you're fully vaccinated and you're asymptomatic, even if you test positive, you should be able to play regardless of the sport. Um, I think that's where most people come down. That's my opinion, but I, yeah. I feel like that's the vast majority opinion. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's where we're getting uh, both the NBA. The NBA's change in protocols was really going back to more strict things. The NFL did add that too, that they're going to do a lot more of the, you know, picking up like packed meals and you're not eating in the cafeteria, more masks around, especially uh, testing every day for the ones, the teams that are having spikes and the NBA pretty much just said like, we're going across the board, more masks, more testing, that kind of stuff. So uh, maybe that works out for the NBA. Again, if the CT value thing works out for the NFL, that's something that, that they can approach because uh, it, it seemed like the NFL was not going to play nice with canceling or postponing these games. Now we've seen that they're at least moving some uh, canceling. I think it's completely out of the question with the NFL. So I think they're hoping that this loosening of getting back into it, that you can still do the there's there's multiple ways. There's still the two negative tests 24 hours apart. There's a negative test and the CT number. There's there's multiple ways to get back easier paths, more paths for players, especially if they're asymptomatic and vaccinated to get back in. And that's going to be overall good for the NFL. I hope hope at least we haven't we haven't heard about anybody making it back at this point but i'm assuming that the idea is that this will make it easier for players to come back so we'll have to keep an eye on twitter as all these names come out it's going to be the reverse of all these names kept coming in throughout the week of this guy's out this guy's out this guy's out hopefully we can start to see that trickle the other way we knew there'd be a spike to some degree, I think, but like, man, I did not see this coming at all that we'd be dealing with, you know, it's not exactly what, what we were dealing with last year. Last year was a lot worse. You know, the vaccines were just coming out at this time last year and they weren't eligible for uh, NFL players, for example. Um, so it's a little, man, it's frustrating that we're dealing with this again, but I guess the silver lining is it's not as bad as it was last year and we're probably, it's going to, you know, not go away, but dissipate a lot by probably March, by the time we get in the spring and then the summer, it's going to feel like nothing's going on again and hopefully we don't see a spike next fall. Man, um, but this is one thing we're just going to be dealing with in sports for a long time, certainly the rest of this uh, football season. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse jobs. Speaking of things affected by COVID, I was really bummed yesterday when that Las Vegas, Ohio State Kentucky game got canceled. I was looking forward to that one. I thought it was going to be a real good measuring stick for a, a team that had won four straight games. EJ Liddell has, I mean, the whole year he has, but he's really starting to be like a guy that he's going to score 25 to 30 a game. So I, I was really excited to see them play Kentucky. And because that game was, was so unique with the traveling to Vegas and everything, we haven't seen the basket bucks play in a while and I wanted to see him play. So that, that's a tough one to take. Hopefully they can get back on track uh but man I, I really was looking forward to that kentucky game on saturday yeah that's a bummer i mean the the basketball buckeyes everybody was ready to write them off after they lose tough games at xavier at, playing at xavier's has been tough since i was a little kid when they played at the cincinnati's gardens like that you know that was that was a reasonable loss and they lost you know like a kind of a fluke buzzer beater to florida they because also, they you also were beat, at the jackets game they also i picked up on that right. when you said you were at the jackets the game night, that night the night i was checking on my phone though ohio state okay. score they were up big for a while i was thinking man the jackets are going to 
win and I'm here. Buckeyes are winning by 10 over Florida. And then I look at my phone, it's like Ohio State loses. I'm like, what is going on here? You're like, well, at least they're going to beat Michigan in a few days. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then, you know, they beat Duke and and now they're back. They're 15th in the country. They're looking good. Like like you're saying, EJ Liddell's gone from being a first team all Big Ten player, which is hard to do, Mm -hmm. to being a guy that's going to compete for all American honors. I mean, he's looking like a star uh, with what he's doing. And the parts kind of fit. Jamari Wheeler, I think a lot of people were, uh, who's this guy? He's a starting point guard. He's got some Aaron Craft in his game. He's not going to score a lot, um, but he's going to harass you defensively. He's not as good of an on-ball defender as Aaron Kraft, who's better the best shooter, one I've seen. Though. He's a little bit better of a shooter for sure. And, uh, and he can take a b- b- the ball to the hoop like Aaron Kraft did a good job of doing. And Aaron Kraft, I mean, Jamari Wheeler's a heck of a defensive player. All Big Ten defensive team in the last two years. Um, I like this team, and, and I think they would have had a really good chance of beating that Kentucky team. So it's it's... It's disappointing. And that's one of those games, Chops, as you know, even if you lose, it's not going to hurt you that much. It's not going to hurt your RPI to lose to a fellow top 15 team. So yeah. that's too bad. I have a little funny story. One of our, uh, one of my uh, colleagues at Bucknut, Steve Hellwagon, was going to cover the game for us. Uh, poor guy. I mean, he's, he's on the plane to Vegas, probably fell asleep on the plane. He wakes up. <laughs> he finds out the game. He literally was like mid-flight when the game got <laughs> canceled. He wakes up when he lands and finds out game's canceled. It's like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to hang out in Vegas now for three days. <laughs> what am I going to do in Vegas? Just, so, Steve, have fun. Hope you come home with some money, my friend. Yeah, and if any, if you know, if anybody asks, you just say, oh, the game's still on. You didn't hear right. I'm, I'm covering the game still, and you're just you're just hanging out in Vegas. But yeah, that would have been that would have been a fun one for the Buckeyes. Now they do. The good news is they have a lot of time to kind of get back to normal. Their next game isn't scheduled until Tuesday, and it's UT Martin. And then their next game isn't until the next Tuesday, which is the 28th of December, and that one is uh, New Orleans. So many of those games, one those games will be will be home games, so that might help. I think the travel was something that was concerning to them because, um, you know, traveling with with the COVID outbreak is definitely difficult. So when you're home and you can get guys going, I think that's a little bit easier for them. But again, those two games don't really matter. You just want to be ready for Big Ten play, which starts the third game from now at this point. And it's big that they were able to start off 2-0 in the Big Ten. I mean, that's huge. I know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, at Penn State, Penn State's not good, but we all know. I mean, that's been a tough game for Ohio State going out there, and any road win in the Big Ten is good. And the way they beat Wisconsin, I mean, they were favored by four and a half. They won that game by 18, 19, something like that, but it wasn't even that close. They were winning by like 24 late in that game, and Wisconsin got a couple late buckets to make it somewhat respectable. I like the, I like where Chris Holtman has this team. They're not elite, uh, but they're a very good team. The Browns, they're down a lot of players. They're still playing, but now it's on Monday. Come man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle blocking the left lane of I-70 downtown split westbound before the 70-0315 west split. Traffic is still stop and go in this area. ODOT crews remain on scene. Please be very careful as they try to get things clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts at Napa when it comes to serving you. Their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to they get involved with their local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Common Man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean-out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face. 
as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Highly medicated, barely educated. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Man and Bone with Chops and Dave Biddle filling in. Dave, I came across something on TikTok this week that Uh then I tried out and my wife was basically horrified. It's it's not as bad as you're thinking of this way. It has to do with eating an apple and how you can eat an apple. And the guy said, I mean, make sure you, you probably want to clean it just a little bit more than you might normally rinse an apple because you take the bottom part and you just bite right into the center there and you go through the core and because the core is roughly just the same consistency as the apple anyways. So when you bite an apple and you bite it down to like the, the core and the little the little two ends, you're wasting so much apple and it's more difficult anyways because it's, it's kind of hard to hold. This one you get a hold at the at the what would normally be the top of an apple. You get a hold it at that part the whole time and you just bite through. You get to the seeds, you just kind of wave those on out and you just eat the whole thing. Wow. And she looked at me like I was a lunatic. I'm going to have to try that. I'm not joking because you eat the apple and it's just I eat all around it and then you have the the, the nasty core. It's yeah, I'm gonna have to try that. I, I would I would recommend it. I think it works. Uh, your wife might look at you like you're crazy, but I I I was like I found this new way to eat an apple and I and I bit right into the bottom of it and she just like jaw dropped, looked at me, and I was like, what? It's the I saw this on the, the internet. It's a new and she was like, did you just bite into the bottom of an apple? And she's like, the core is different. You can't eat the core. And I was like, I just well, did it. <laughs> I just did spit out the, the seeds. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, speaking of apples, so I didn't even know how to cut an apple properly. We had like, you know, we have kids. We have two daughters. And when they were you know, real little, we would cut them up apples. My wife would cut them up all nice. And then mm-hmm. when she wasn't there, I'd try to cut up, cut up an apple. And it was not very nice. And she cut... She came. She's like, "This is how you cut an apple." Like, like I was the stupidest person in the world. Um, <laughs> that's how I, how she made me felt, how she made me feel. But, um, but now I know how to cut an apple properly. Now I, ma- I can make it look like you know, there you like, go. like she does it. You can serve it to the kids, and everything's all good. We talked about this off the top of the show, and we've got basically all the details ironed out as long as everything holds and they are able to play these games. But the NFL has moved some games this week due to COVID outbreaks amongst a few of these teams. So the Browns game was going to be tomorrow, Saturday, uh, against the Raiders. Instead, now it is Monday at 5 p.m., and then we're going to have a... So that gives us a doubleheader on Monday. On Tuesday, it's not a doubleheader. It's a uh, a... I don't know, like a drink wise, it's like a double fisting right there. You've got, you got two NFL games at the same time. You'll have the Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles and the Seahawks at the Rams. Both of those will be Tuesday at 7 p.m. I believe that has to do with those ones are local windows. So they'll just be on your local, uh, affiliate, whichever one. I think they're both Fox games because they're NFC teams. Uh, but then NFL network will have the, the Browns game. And that's why it had to be its own window. There's a whole thing with getting the NFL network its own exclusive games and everything. But for the Browns, we were talking in the last segment about there's this new CT value that can help give more ways for players that are on the COVID list to, to get back to playing. And hopefully that works out for the Browns. There's really no way of saying that that for sure is going to happen, that, the, that these new ways to get back, more paths is going to help the Browns because they are depleted right now. The biggest one is 
Currently, QBs, Baker Mayfield, and Case Keenum are out. So you'd be looking at Nick Mullins. They're signing Kyle Luletta. Luletta? We'll go with that. And Jake Dolagala as backups there. But Nick Mullins would be your starter right now. Kevin Stefanski, he remains out for them. So it would be Mike Prefer, normally the special teams coordinator, who would be filling in as head coach for them. On offense, they're missing at least. It's hard because it's been throughout the week. It's hard to find like a, a super cohesive list and make sure that you have everybody, but I think I'm pretty close here. Left tackle Jedrick Wills, right guard Wyatt Teller, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, tight end Austin Hooper. Luckily, tight end David Njoku was, came off the COVID list yesterday. He was on it last week, so before even this this outbreak. And then defensively, they're going to have like no safeties. Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison, and John Johnson are all out as of right now. DT Malik McDowell, edge rushers Tack McKinley and Afadio Denibo go Elks, and J- Jadavion Clowney was was put on this list uh, sometime this afternoon, and that was a little bit before the game time change. So hopefully the Browns can bring some of these guys back, but if they don't, the quarterback one is really concerning. But the defensive one is, it seems like more guys. And I don't know what that defense is going to look like when they come out if these guys are out. Yeah, I mean, in the quarterback situation, as long as one of those guys can play, I think they'll be okay. Um, as long as Keenum can play or Baker um, mm-hmm. can play. But uh, yeah, a bunch of, and the offensive line is, is just crushed here. Here's the thing. I have to think a lot of these guys are going to be able to play, uh, at least a decent amount of them. Or what's the point of, of moving the game to Monday if not? you know? Yeah, I, yeah, so the NFL, they changed their protocols on how to get back, and then they moved the game to Monday. That has to be with the assumption that it's going to help these guys get back, I would think. Right. If not, like, more guys are out than would have been if they would have played on Saturday, you know, bad that would look. The Browns are calling up guys from, like, the XFL that have been out of football for two years. It just, it's it's too bad. But I, you know, sitting here, you know, the reason that they move this game is so more guys can play. So I'm optimistic a lot of these guys that you just mentioned will be able to play for the Browns on Monday. It. It's yeah, I mean, because then you talk about about the reasons to move it because Baker Mayfield was tweeting at the NFL about, you know, making up your damn mind on the protocols and why why are you having all these team tests and and then I, I saw some even like there were some Raiders <laughs> teams backlash Raiders player backlash of moving the game that like they should just have to play the game if they can do it. Oh, calm down, Raiders. I don't know how it it, it does get to a point where I don't. If these guys are on the roster, they're on the roster. They should be good to go. But when you're bringing guys from out, like you mentioned, XFL guys who might not even really be on teams, when you start to bring in those guys, especially especially talking about like offensive linemen type players, then I do buy into the safety aspect a little bit. That if you're talking about Nick Mullins, who isn't that accomplished of a quarterback and hasn't really played at all this year, and he's dropping back for passes, and you've got whatever they've been able to put together for an offensive line. I think that does enter the realm where you're looking at this as getting a little bit too dangerous for these guys out there because a guy comes off the edge because whoever's subbing in at left tackle doesn't know what's going on and he just gets to lay out Nick Mullins. I think that is a scenario that the NFL doesn't want to see be in effect because of what they're holding out because guys are in COVID protocol. Yeah, I think, again, I I don't agree with a lot of what the NFL does, but I think they made the right call here. And it gives them a couple more days of testing to figure that out. And, again, I think a lot of these guys, I would guess the majority of the guys that right now are quote-unquote out for the Browns, the majority, which could be 51-49, I think the majority of these Browns players will be able to play. 
Trevor Lawrence says the coaching change has given them a chance to focus in Jacksonville. What's next for them? Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle still blocking the left lane of I-70 downtown split westbound before the 71-315 west split. Traffic is still stopping go in this area. You'll also find an earlier accident has cleared from westbound 670 at I-71, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day, delivery to the curbside pickup to getting involved in their local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Man and Bone here on the fan. Chops and Dave Biddle filling in with you. I guess since Urban Meyer was officially fired... After midnight, this was the first full day that the Jacksonville Jaguars did not have Urban Meyer as an employee. And uh, yesterday, they they got a chance to to speak on it. Um, man, some of the some of the beat guys I don't think were too big of fans of Urban. Did you see the one where one of the like opening questions for Bevel was like, "Hey, you might have a chance to win more games in Jacksonville than Urban did." <laughs> yes, I did see that. And Bevel kind of laughed. He kind of smirked. He didn't really say much and to it, but he laughed. And then he collected himself and said some nice things about Urban, give him a chance, of hiring him. Um, despite whatever he did in the Super Bowl by not giving the the ball to Marshawn Lynch, he didn't mention that, but but <laughs> but I sure did. Yeah, man, the Urban thing. I thought he was going to survive it up until the Lambeau thing happened. Um, because, and I even just posted, pe- people were saying, oh, he, Chad Khan's going to get rid of him. I'm like, I got 45 million reasons why he's not going to get rid of him after one year. And he would have to find a reason to fire him for cause. And even though all this stuff that's happened looks bad, that's not for cause. This is, I think. And, I would love to see the video. I doubt it's a Bobby Knight, you know, choking Neil Reed thing where he actually is choking him. I don't think Urban, and I think even Lambeau admitted this, that it was maybe a five out of a 10. He didn't come in and kick him as hard as he could. It kind of, but it also wasn't a love tap. Yeah. And if you, um, and if you and want you to, if you want to frame it as like a, a, a small assault on a player, then they're going to try that and they're, they're probably going to win that battle. Exactly. I mean, you, regardless, I mean, you know, put your hands on a player, but you did, you know, you kicked a player. You admit it. He, says it happened and there were witnesses that all corroborated so that was the straw that broke the camel's back and it's going to be interesting to see what happens Schefter was reporting this on ESPN this I mean makes total sense now the lawyers get involved 45 million dollars owed to Urban Meyer does he get every penny of that because it was guaranteed unless he was fired with cause does he get none of that chops I tend to think the lawyers they'll negotiate it'll be somewhere in between I think we'll find yeah I think the settlement area is where we're going to go because one, I, I mean, I, I don't see Urban not fighting it tooth and nail. And two, I, with the uh, the net worth of Shad Khan, I think at a certain point he'll just want to be done with it. <laughs> Everything that's been going on over the last eleven months with Jacksonville and hiring Urban Meyer, and just get rid of the stories about it. It'd be like me or you paying, like, okay, give him the five or ten bucks out of my pocket. That's <laughs> right. seriously five or ten bucks for me is seriously like however many million for Shad Khan. That's insane, but. As far as the the Jaguars themselves, well, 
their most important asset got to speak yesterday and and he said in part I wouldn't believe you if you told me this is how the year was going to go. I think it, meaning the coaching change, brings a little bit of clarity to the guys in the locker room. I wouldn't say relief, but I would say just bring some clarity and some direction moving forward. He went on to say, it's hard to be focused and have all your attention and efforts going towards winning the game when there's so many things going on. So now the Jaguars are left to kind of pick up the pieces of this. And I would think that, you know, he didn't want to use the word relief there, but for sure, this was a distraction. The biggest thing that starts to, we see it every year in the NFL. We saw it for a long time with Cleveland, and it crept in a little bit in the middle part of this year, but they're doing a lot better with it. But you see it with the with the Texans. You see it continually with the Jets. Dysfunction. Once that sets in, it just eats an NFL team from the inside, and everything falls apart. And with one one off of these kind of stories, things happen in workplaces, especially in one as high strung as the NFL. But as you added up all of these with Urban, it was clear that it was a dysfunctional environment that wasn't gelling correctly. Absolutely. And you know what jumped out to me, Chops, with Trevor Lawrence's comment was, now we have clarity. They don't even know who their coach is going to be next year. It's not going to be Daryl Bevel. <laughs> they don't have clarity. He And he said the word, even though then he kind of caught himself, because whatever you want to say about Trevor Lawrence, I think he's a classy young man. I really do. In fact, he was more the voice of reason and the leader um, of that organization than anybody else that I heard speak, even when Urban was there. Well, he's um, not the one I, who lies about whether or not he can do a quarterback sneaks. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and, and he flies back with the team too. Trevor Lawrence does, um, but he used the word um, relief, you know. Uh, and then he, he said, "Oh, I'm not going to say it's it's a relief. It's a total relief. There's no clarity. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> what makes sense is there is it's off their shoulders now. They're like, what are we going to do with this guy? All the baggage he has. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's not a good NFL coach. Are we stuck with him next year too? Um, I, so I, I think it is a relief for the players. I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, I mean, he's not, he's having a very bad year. I think he is completely relieved that they're going to bring in a new coach. And I bet you anything he will have, I shouldn't say a big say, but I bet you Shad Khan seems like the type of guy that will consult with Trevor Lawrence when he's hiring this new head coach. I think it's helpful too for the Jaguars that I know they lost to this team week one, but as far as after a week like this, who you can try to bounce back for and get ready for, it's nice that it's the Texans. Because that is a team that is on the level of being beat by the Jaguars, also on that level, the Buffalo Bills, apparently. But it, Which the, is crazy. For the Jaguars, a chance to focus and breathe easy and just go, okay, we're just going to play a football game. There's no distractions of everything else going on. It's nice that they get to go on the Texans. You mentioned, though, clarity. You're right. There isn't very much clarity because what's next? They, they're picking up the pieces of this. They have to figure out who they're going to hire as the coach. And for for me... And I think most people would agree with this. There is no which is the top priority. There is only one priority. The next coach needs to be in a key position to nurture Trevor Lawrence. He is the most important asset that the Jacksonville Jaguars have. And your next coach needs to be somebody who can help him get on track, stay on track, and start to get better. Because we we saw the sparks, we, we know the talent, and you saw some good things from Trevor Lawrence. It wasn't a full-on regression at certain points, but it didn't. it seemed like it, it stopped the progression uh, of his development. So that is the only thing really in my mind that they should be worrying about when looking for the, they can worry about everything else. Once they get that next head coach with the next head coach and whoever he wants to bring in as his offense coordinator has to be somebody who can gel with Trevor Lawrence. I've heard a very interesting name 
Sean Payton. Why would he want to leave the Saints? Well, maybe he sees his roster is going the wrong direction. Maybe he would like to take over a Trevor Lawrence who's at the age of 22 and coach Trevor Lawrence for the next 10 years. Maybe Shad Khan will pay him more money than what he's making with the Saints. Now, I would bet that that Sean Payton's going to stay with the Saints. I I just think he will. Um, But that's an interesting name. If that doesn't work, I could see a Doug Peterson being an option. If I'm hiring Doug Peterson... Um, I'm, I'm a little, I have a little bit of pause there. Now, first of all, I need to make sure he's, if he's going to be my head coach, he needs to have a dynamite defensive coordinator and just turn it over to him. Yeah. And like you said, he, the biggest thing there in Jacksonville is making sure Trevor Lawrence is that elite quarterback, is that franchise quarterback that you thought he would, that everybody said was, oh, he's a lock. There's no way he can fail. You can never say that about anybody in the NFL. I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good. Um, yeah, his numbers are terrible this year, but all the dysfunction there in Jacksonville, not a very good supporting cast around him. Um, I think maybe, depending on the coach, as early as next year, he can be a good NFL quarterback. And maybe it can be, you know, for the fantasy football players out there, if you're in a, if you're in a keeper league, <laughs> and I'm in one, and you can pick it up right now for a buck and stack him might not be a bad idea to stash uh, Trevor Lawrence on your fantasy team. He could be one of those players that breaks out next year. I think an interesting one that comes out too is uh, Byron Lefwich, who is currently yes. the offensive coordinator with the Buccaneers. Or the enemy. And yes, yeah. and the enemy. But uh, Lefwich obviously has the history in Jacksonville, so I think he would be a fan favorite. Um, the only question I have with him, I think he is a really good coach, but there is, we knew the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady. And you're, Bruce Arians. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, a lot of your job is already uh, <laughs> right. is already handled. Not in not saying he can't handle that stuff, but I'm just saying <laughs> those guys help make it a, a lot easier on an offensive coordinator. But I think Byron Left, which might be a good fit, the enemy. Uh, is he going to fall into the trap of the the Chiefs? Because the Chiefs are starting to look good again. Is he going to fall into the trap of the Chiefs are going way too far into the into the postseason? He's not going to be able to get the job. Uh, but yeah, I think the enemy is will be at the top of the list. You you listed some guys who have have actual head coaching experience, so that that's interesting. I would like too. to see left which and the enemy get a chance. In fact, those I was hoping for the enemy when the Bengals. Uh, picked Zach Taylor, and if they get rid of Zach Taylor, I've said I hope Byron Leftwich uh, comes to the Bengals because you know he went to uh, school at Marshall. Uh, it's not exactly ties to Cincinnati, but close enough in my mm-hmm. book. Plus, it would mean getting rid of Zach Taylor, which you know I'd be a fan of chops. But that's the thing with guys like Byron Leftwich. You don't know. I mean, you're right. Tom Brady's basically the offensive coordinator, and if he's not Bruce Arians, it really is. <laughs> right. But still, Byron Leftwich is picking up. I mean, very valuable experience there, and he still has a big say in the offense. And and what I've um, heard about him, there have been no. Comp- Complaints with him. Oh, exactly. He's really worked his way up the ranks. Have been really impressed. Well, he's always been an impressive dude. I mean, the the, the, the obviously the, the number one thing from his career that we will always remember is when his uh, he can barely walk. His offensive lineman, or he just throws a long pass down the field. His offensive lineman pick him up and carry him down the field so he can take the next snap for Marshall. I mean, talk about toughness. Um, and has always been a good guy and, and seems to be a very good coach. Bienemy, same deal. If you're uh, Andy Reid's offensive coordinator, are you really the offensive coordinator if you're not calling the plays? I mean, that's like what's calling Kerry yeah. Combs the, off, the defensive coordinator at the end of the season. I never referred to him as defensive coordinator toward the end of the season because in my book, if you're not calling the defense, you're not the defensive coordinator. If you're not, if you're not coordinating calling the, offense, the defense. Yes, if you're not calling the offense, you're not the offensive coordinator. So I guess maybe that's why some people have pause with uh, Bienemy. But then again, Zach Taylor wasn't calling the plays for the Rams, even though he had the offensive coordinator title. So hopefully Leftwich and Bienemy get a chance. Marshall, you brought them up real quick. Did you see uh, their quarterback signee this week? Oh, their quarterback signee. I, I probably I was see I was in jury duty all week, so I missed a lot of stuff. Last name Pennington. 
Oh, Pennington's son? Yeah, can you believe that? Already, already got a son in a college age for him. Wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, he just needs a, a Randy Moss to throw to, and he'll do just <laughs> as well as Chad Pennington down at Marshall. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, up next, we've got our NFL picks. Call 614-821-9710 for the chance to pick against us and win fabulous prizes. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. A disabled vehicle still blocking the left lane of I-70 downtown split westbound before the 71-315 west split. It is taking quite some time to get this one clear. ODOT crews remain on scene. Please keep an eye out for those crews. And you'll find stopping your traffic on I-70 westbound between Miller and the 71 east split. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. And Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities, get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Objects in radio may be dumber than they appear. This is Man and Bone. Chops and Dave Biddle sitting in for Man and Bone today. Come in, T-Bone, right here on The Fan. We talked about this Chiefs-Chargers game a little bit, and we've got the replay going right here. And uh, the second half of this game really was a whirlwind that was really exciting. So hopefully that bodes well for the rest of the week in the NFL. We've... We've got so many days of football now. What, what did what did we list it at? It was eight it, of the next ten. It was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I love that. <laughs> got a lot of NFL football. I love it. Now so we're, only Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, of the next ten days, and there will probably be bowl games on the. Oh, well, Friday's Christmas Eve, so I'm, you'll probably be busy anyways. I would hope <laughs> most people would. I hope there's football on. <laughs> what are you talking about? Busy. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to pick a lot of those games that are coming up. Hit it, Teddy. Common Man and T-Bone's NFL Picks. Sponsored by Chattanooga Whiskey. Now available at your favorite Columbus retail store. Drink Chattanooga Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. All right, we'll move that one to, to Monday as well. So we'll start with the lone Saturday game right now. New England at Indianapolis. I've been really impressed with New England, and I think Mac Jones has been probably the most impressive rookie of, of this year and he might get rookie of the year but i think the colts are playing pretty well i like jonathan taylor i think that's enough to 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 get the belichick and i think the colts win blasphemy on mac jones rookie of the year jamar chase would like to have a word with you <laughs> after the show give me new england i mean i'm impressed with, with indianapolis and, and they're playing good football i love their defense they're, they're getting healthy um but new england man i don't want to say it's a two-horse race because there's other teams that are good but it seems like it's the chiefs and the patriots for me in the afc give me the patriots i got the patriots too carolina at buffalo I'm going to go Bills on that one. I think the Cam Newton stuff is the Bo called it Skittles. It was like a sugar high for them. And now they're just kind of back down. to They're not a very good team. I agree. Buffalo big. Buffalo. New York Jets at Miami. You just can't believe in the Jets and the Dolphins have been playing well. I think you got to go with Miami on this one. I agree. Miami. Miami. We'll skip that one. That one's going to be on Tuesday. So then Arizona at Detroit Cardinals. Yeah, give me the Cardinals. 
Cardinals. Up next, you've got Dallas at the New York Giants. I think it's going to be Glennon for the Giants. There's been some concern about Dak and have they have Dallas's offense regressed a little bit, but I think their defense is playing really well. Micah Parsons, now that's defensive rookie of the year. I think that one's pretty locked up. He might be up for defensive player of the year, so I'm going Cowboys on that one. Yeah, give me the Cowboys too. It's funny, the Cowboys really wanted one of those corners that didn't slip to them, and they got Micah Parsons instead. Uh, blessing in disguise for them, for sure. Uh, give me Dallas on that. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Tennessee's really hard to figure out. They seem like sometimes they figured out how to play without Derrick Henry. Other times it isn't working. They just really want to make the playoffs because it sounds like Derrick Henry might be back. That being said, there's something about Pittsburgh still every once in a while. I think they win this one. They've got a good defense. There's no doubt about it. Their offense is just not where it needs to be. Yeah, it's a tough one. They're beating in Pittsburgh. Give me Tennessee on the road. I got the Titans. Houston at Jacksonville, the battle for dysfunction <laughs> there. I think it's too, I mean, Urban Meyer left in the middle of a day and they were like, I guess we'll just do the game plan ourselves. We don't even know what's going on. So I think there's still too much going on in Jacksonville. So I'm going Houston this week. I'll say Jacksonville wins this one. Jags. The gutless Falcons at the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Uh, the sun will just be streaming into the field of jeans there. Uh, I think the 49ers are better than the Falcons, so yeah. Yeah, give me the 49ers. I got the Niners as well. I don't know if I need to ask you this one, but uh, Cincinnati at Denver, I'm going to go the Bengals. I'll go with the Bengals. Uh, give me Denver. This is a big one. Uh, it's kind of a, It's really tough to pick because we don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson. They kind of keep throwing a few things out there every other day. They're like, oh, he might be okay. How about Green Bay at Baltimore? I'm going to go Packers. Yeah, even if Lamar plays, I can't imagine he's going to be near 100%. And you know his forte is running the ball. I mean, he, he can, he's got a strong arm too. Don't get me wrong. But you take that away from him, that's a big problem. Give me the Packers. Skip I that. Got the Packers. Sorry about that. He's got the Packers. Oh, skip, <laughs> skip that last uh, that last four twenty five game because that'll be on Tuesday. We'll pick that here at the end. New Orleans at Tampa Bay Sunday night football. So we talk about New Orleans is three and zero against Tom Brady in the regular season. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers were able to get him in the playoffs. And there's all the it's hard to beat a team uh, three times and all that stuff. And actually, the the stats bear out that it's really it, it's really not. That hard to beat a team. So if you're if you're good against a team, you, you, that generally wins out. But I think there's enough injuries and everything going on that Tampa Bay figures out the Saints in the regular season. Bucks win. I agree. Give me the Bucks. Buccaneers. Monday night we've got well Monday afternoon. First up, we've got <laughs> Las Vegas at Cleveland. Super hard to pick because we don't know what's going to happen with Cleveland. I kind of stick with you. If one of those quarterbacks comes back, Keenum or Mayfield, I think they're going to be okay. So I'm going out on the limb, crossing my fingers that that happens. Going with the Browns. Yeah, I'm going with the Browns, and I'm pretty confident about it because again, I don't think they would have moved this game two days later if they weren't optimistic that they were going to be able to get a lot of play players back. Meaning the NFL was optimistic that. Um, the Browns will be able to get a lot of players back. So I think the Browns will be closer to full strength than maybe people realize right now. Give me the Browns. Browns with the blowout win. Bam. There you go. This uh, this Monday night one, uh, I, w- I was having a tough time deciding on this one. I ended up going, uh, it's Minnesota at Chicago. I ended up saying, Kirk Cousins in the cold, no good. Justin Fields rolling with him, going Bears. Uh, I'm going Vikings. I got the Vikings. Then the two Tuesday games, Washington at Philadelphia. 
Jalen Hurts has turned into a pretty nice quarterback. Eagles for me. Yeah, no, he's he could have a little bit of a uh, a bum wheel there, but he he is coming off the the bye. I'll say he'll be close enough to hundred percent. Give me the Eagles. Seattle. Eagles. At, oh, I keep doing that. Sorry. Be, be nice to our guest. Be nice to our guest. Come on. It's all good. <laughs> Seattle at the L.A. Rams for our last game of the week. Seattle's dead in the water. Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams. Uh, I got to go get you guys the Seahawks. All right. Well, there you have it. And can you give me a score for the, I guess, the Monday night game, which is Minnesota-Chicago, just to be clear? Uh, 47. 47. All right. Well, if you win, you will get a chance to have some pizza, Romeo's Pizza. If you beat the both of us, you'll win four medium one-topping pizzas from Romeo's Pizza. Thanks for playing with us today. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. That's a nice prize, too. Four pizzas. Four so medium up, pizzas. A free pizza would be good. You get four of them? Yeah. Oh, man. I'll take it. Heck, yeah. We'll recap everything from the first two hours of the show in the rundown next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. An accident blocking the right lane of 270 westbound before Cleveland Avenue. Traffic is stop and go in this area. Please be careful. Plan about a 20-minute slowdown. And that earlier disabled vehicle is finally cleared from I-70 downtown split westbound before the 71-315 west split. But traffic is still slow here as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. I'm the NRA with fan traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Just be glad you aren't as stupid as these two. Oh, yes. This, this is Common Man and T-Bone. Man and Bone right here on The Fan. So we do have another bowl game today. We were talking about that. Uh, the Middle Tennessee State was able to take down Toledo, so Ohio is currently 0-1 in bowl games, if you like to keep track of it like that. If we, we can keep track of it conference-wise, state-wise, just your team. All sorts of fun you can be having. And if you are into it, we've got one more today. The Tail Greeter Cheer Bowl, Northern Illinois versus Coastal Carolina. Tickets, hmm, I wonder. Location? I don't know. That's why I'm clicking on tickets. Let's see. Where is the Cheer Bowl? Exploria Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Is that what they're calling the Citrus Bowl now, or is that a different uh, stadium? That's got to be the Citrus Bowl. No, because isn't the... The Citrus Bowl is played in UCF Stadium, and that's like CampingWorld.com, isn't it? Oh, the Citrus Bowl is not played in the Citrus Bowl any longer? My goodness. That was like Ohio State's home away from home in the Cooper era. Lose to Michigan, then go lose in the in the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> Looks like some upper deck tickets you could get for uh, for in the in the 20s, upwards of uh, the 70s if you're in the lower bowl. Can yeah, I interest you in the Keir Bowl? That should be a $5 game. I'll have to put, speaking of $5, I'll have to get on my online sports book and, and put like five bucks on there. So just so I have some interest in that game. I'm assuming Orlando is close enough to Coastal Carolina that people are still excited about this team because there are actually a lot of sections that are sold out according to this Vivid Seats website right here. Hey, you know, Coastal Carolina, they travel. 
Um, That's one thing we know about them. They travel. They They were were seriously like, yeah, they were an FCS team not that long ago. They've actually had, you know, they kind of like an Appalachian state where they've got, you know, you're thinking, oh, you better be careful what you wish for. You're a powerhouse in the FCS level. You sure you want to go to the FBS? And both of those programs are are really good, especially for their size. So uh, Coastal Carolina, they even won a national uh, championship in baseball a few years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think... um, I think it stands to reason that the people overreact to that. I think good football programs find a way to remain good football programs. And if you get up to the FBS level and you just start recruiting to that level, it's not a crazy high level that the, what are they in the, um, not the American, the Conference USA, maybe? They in uh, the Sun Belt. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I get those two mixed up sometimes. I, I think Appalachians in. Conference USA, the, no, I think they're in the Sun Belt. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, getting matter. to that, yeah, you make your recruiting up there. I think you're going to be okay if you're a good program. All right, rundown time. Common Man and T-Bones, the rundown. The rundown. Sponsored by Krieger Ford. Visit them online at KriegerFord.com. Home of the Krieger commitment. Best cars, best people, peace of mind. We've talked about this a few times today, and it's the it was the story leading into our show, and based on how much we care about the, uh, the Browns content here. The Browns game on Saturday is no longer on Saturday. It is now on Monday. It'd be a 5 p.m. game Monday. So now you've got a doubleheader on Monday. Along with that, the NFL has moved two other games. Washington at Philadelphia, 7 p.m. Tuesday. Also at 7 p.m. Tuesday, Seattle at the L.A. Rams. So we've got a lot of football coming up, specifically for the Browns. Hopefully this move helps them out. The NFL has loosened... They they claim it's not loosening. They claim it's just more metrics to look at it. They've got this new CT value that hopefully measures how uh, contagious a player who has tested positive for COVID-19 could be. And if your CT value is 35 or greater, you have an easier route to get back onto the field. So for the Browns, missing their their two best quarterbacks, their head coach, Offensive lineman, Jarvis Landry at wide receiver, half or most of their safeties. I'm not sure how many. You probably have four safeties on your team, and they've, their three are gone for them at currently. Uh, Jadavion Clowney along with some some depth ed rushers, edge rushers for them. So hopefully some of those guys can, can come back when they play the Raiders on Monday. Yeah, and for the listeners that might not have heard, I mean, Chops and I both think there's no way the NFL would have moved this game from Saturday till Monday unless they were thinking this gives the Browns a really good chance to get more guys on the field. I mean, I think that's that's the bottom line. doesn't mean it's for sure going to happen, but I think a large percentage of the guys that, that might be considered out right now or at least questionable will be able to play for the Browns on Monday. Then it's a quick turnaround for the Browns. We haven't really thought about that too much, but now they're playing on Monday. They play Saturday again. They play on Christmas Day in Green Bay against the Packers. So that's a that's a pretty tough turnaround. A Monday to a Saturday for them. The the Browns got a, a tough way ahead of them. The although I will say this, for their playoff chances, I think this game is really important. This one that's now on Monday against have the Have to win this one. I, I've always kind of chalked up the at Green Bay on Christmas Day as a loss right. for them. If you win it, great. But I've always when I'm looking forward for the Browns, I've always been like, yeah, that one's probably just gonna be a loss anyways. Yeah. The problem with for the Browns is there, there's a chance they have to win out to get in plus. I tend to think if they win three of their last four games they'll get in. But mm-hmm. um so they can drop that that uh, Green Bay game, but then they have no room for error. Oh, three of the last four could win the division. Possibly, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. The the wild AFC North, especially with the Lamar hurt now, and I think that's probably more serious than what the Ravens are letting on. We've had the replay going on of this Chargers Kansas City game, uh, and 
we were talking about it. Analytics have been a really helpful tool to analyzing football and figuring out what it, what you should do in certain situations, and not just going by oh, I'm a, I've got a gut feeling I'm a football coach. But for me, I think the Chargers were a little too handcuffed to it last night. I do understand that if you're going to be one of those teams that embraces it and you want to go for it on fourth down to get the benefit of those those averages and those percentages, you do need to do it all the time. You have to go for all of those fourth downs that, that come up in those situations for it to, to work out in your favor. But at a certain point, when you're in a game that goes to overtime and you could have added two, maybe three field goals had you not gone for it on fourth down. They went three of five, so they even got two of their fourth downs. But they And maybe they don't get those two if they don't go for the other ones, and that's how the averages of the analytics work. But we, the egregious one for me especially was the fourth and goal at the end of the first half, last play of the first half, kick a field goal there. They would have been up, uh, I believe, 17 to, to 10 at halftime. That's a full touchdown lead going into halftime. Instead, you get no points, and you don't even get the benefit of pinning the, the Chiefs back deep because it was the last play of the half. That's the one where I think you can, as a coach, make a decision instead of just going with the analytics, take in some of the nuance of the game, because if we're not going to do that, then what's even the point of having you make decisions? It's just every fourth down, if the situation meets these parameters, regardless of game feel or what's going on as far as the clock and stuff like that. Yeah, Chops, I didn't have a problem with some of the calls from Staley on fourth down. You know, For example, the first one, uh, it was fourth and goal from the five on their first drive of the game, because if you don't get it, um, then you know the Chiefs are backed up to their own five. Now, it turns out the Chiefs went on a 95-yard touchdown drive, but you're right. The one at the end of the first half, that was the bad one because then you don't get the benefit of them starting the drive at the one. You either are going to kick the field goal and get those three points, or you're going to get the touchdown, or you're going to get nothing. I think that was too much of a risk to take when you're already leading the football game. Maybe if you're down... By 14, you're thinking, listen, we, we can't go in just down by 11. We have to get a touchdown here and cut it. To, mm-hmm. You're up by four. You have a chance to go up by a touchdown. And if you don't get it, again, you're not backing them up to the one-yard line. So I thought that was very egregious. And it's funny, man. I mean, for years, I thought coaches were way, way, way too conservative on fourth down. I mean, it was like pulling my hair. I can't believe that they're this conservative. Um, and now it feels like there's been an overcorrection. Not for every coach. But for a lot of coaches, it feels like there's been an overcorrection. I think sometimes you've got to take into account, yeah, you, yeah we're going to go for it on fourth and three from the 35. Da, da, da. You better take into account like the time of the game, though. Mm-hmm. And win probability then comes into, into play. You can't just say, we're going to do this no matter what. Um, you have to be flexible. And I think Staley, by the way, I'm losing track of coaches that look like they're in their 20s in the NFL. <laughs> Probably because I'm getting old. <laughs> like Staley looks like he's about 29 years old. Turns out he's, uh, I think he's 38. Another guy that's from Ohio. How many coaches from Ohio have made it? My gosh. State um, of football. But we got a bunch of young young coaches and guys that look young. I mean, how about LaFleur in uh, Green Bay? I mean, he looks young. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Staley overall is doing a good job with that team. But um, that was bad. You know, it just did not work out for him last night. And in hindsight's twenty twenty. I think if you're playing the Chiefs, you're thinking, especially early in that game, field goals are not going to win this game. As it turns out, Chops, field goals would have won that game, so it looks bad. But I do understand most of the calls he made, not the one at the end of the first half. And it's, it's tough because, like I said, with the analytics, you do have to stick with it for it to work. Yes. I do want people to maybe reevaluate, just slightly at least, that field goals aren't bad plays. It's still worth three points. There is still some 
good to kicking field goals. And there's a lot of people who just like don't think field goals are ever the right choice anymore. And uh, I don't know. I want to push back on that a little bit. This one we only mentioned briefly, but I wanted to give you a chance. It's going to lead a little bit into our next topic as well. But Cam Brown is coming back. He announced that uh, for the Buckeyes. After losing out on Terrence Brooks, flip to Texas, flip to money probably, but uh, a flip to Texas on paper. Uh, <laughs> they got it. They got a cornerback who they weren't sure if he was going to come back. So that's that's good news for them. Day was saying that he wants to be at eight. They're not quite there. Where does Cam Brown leave them as far as their cornerback outlook and looking into the the signing period that will be here in February? Is there anybody they're targeting? Do you think transfer portal is the thing we're looking at too? Possibly. It would be more of a depth guy. Um, They looked at Elias Ricks and it sounded like um, at one point, in fact, it didn't sound like it was at one point that Ricks was going to transfer from LSU to Ohio State. It was basically a done deal. And Ohio State's the one that backed off because they thought there might be a mass exodus of corners, including maybe Cam Brown would have turned pro. Maybe Mm -hmm. some of the young corners like J.K. Johnson and Jordan Hancock that they're high on could have transferred. Denzel Burke wasn't going anywhere. Uh, He's locked in. It's huge that they're getting Cam Brown back for another year. I thought he played really well. He was banged up a little bit this year, played in nine of the 12 games so far. I thought he played really well when he was healthy. So getting Cam Brown back to pair with Denzel Burke, that's huge. We'll see what happens with seven banks. He's kind of on the fence. I'm hearing he's probably more likely than not that he'll leave. I don't think he's ready to leave. Uh, his year was a mystery. Uh, kind of living on the hype coming into the year. Some people were projecting him as a first-round pick. He's not going to be anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. But still, I, I am hearing seven, seven banks probably won't be back. But they like these young guys, man. They like Jordan Hancock. They like J.K. Johnson. They like some of the corners are bringing in. I do think they're going to look in the portal. Um, but again, I don't think it's going to be a huge name. And I think they need to add a linebacker to the portal, too. But um, this secondary is going to be strong next year. In addition to bringing back the two starting corners and being high on some of those young guys that didn't play a lot this year, like uh, J.K. Johnson and Jordan Hancock I think they're going to be good at safety chops I mean bringing Josh Proctor was a big loss this year and he's going to come back I guess it's not official yet but he's going to come back as a fifth year senior next year he was playing well at the beginning of the year and uh, Lathan Ransom Ronnie Hickman led this team in tackles by 41 I don't think I've seen that in football the leading tackler on the team uh, led the team by tackles and by 41 the next closest was Cody Simon (laughs) so Ronnie Hickman had uh, I believe 97 tackles and Cody Simon had 56 so always um, good when a safety leads your team in tackles yeah I was going to say that reminds me of like when Antoine Winfield led the team in of course Antoine Winfield was just the best tackler I've ever seen by a DB Um, he had over 100 tackles for Ohio State as a corner Antoine Winfield did that's how great he was. Lathan Ransom, Court Williams. I mean, they're going to be good in the secondary next year. And I love this new defensive coordinator that they hired, Jim Knowles. And I give them a lot of credit for opening up the checkbook. And I laugh at Mike Gundy. Mr. I'm a man is basically crying in the media about Ohio State hiring Jim Knowles. Oh, wow. And he, and he stole, for those that didn't hear it, he kind of stole uh, Jim Harbaugh's, uh, you know, born on third base, think you hit a triple line, uh, talking about Ohio State. He's that the, the, They're one of those programs. It's like, dude, like you can't be like, I'm a man. And then cry when you lose your defensive coordinator. Also, you've been at Oklahoma State for like 11 years. Why haven't you built the program 18. Yet? 18. 18. And he finally beat Oklahoma. That's one thing he has uh, in common with Michigan. Hey, after uh, what, like uh, <laughs> a million years, you finally beat your rival once. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Krieger Ford. Visit them online at KriegerFord.com. Home of the Krieger Commitment. Best cars. Best people peace of mind wasn't sure if i was supposed to play it again but i just went ahead and did it because i know they sometimes do (laughs) 
I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> this right is why now. Ted's here. He's got to keep, keep it between the lines for us, Teddy. Don't call a Buckeye player this, or they'll put it on their bulletin board, I'm told. Con Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident blocking the right lane of 270 westbound before Cleveland Avenue. Traffic is stop and go from Route 161 in this area. About a 15-minute slowdown with police on scene. Please be very careful in this area. Traffic report is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the best place to listen for everything you're into, from comedy and motivation to popular podcasts and best-selling audiobooks. Right now, take advantage of a special holiday offer and save 60% on your first three months. Learn more and sign up at audible.com. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Get in touch with your stupid. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Chops and Dave Biddle in on a Friday. Perfect bump back for us because uh, it wasn't so much that Jim Harbaugh said this, but his uh, his constituents had said some of these things about Ohio State. And, I mean, for this year, especially for the weeks that have just gone the last couple of weeks, they earned it. They they played Ohio State very tough and kind of punched them in the mouth. And I, I mean, you know, I mean, we can debate on whether or not we really think Ohio State's a soft team. But in that game, the way it went, I don't think that's a crazy statement for them to come out with. And now it does do that. Everybody, everybody's talking about that. Ooh, now they can put this. It's bulletin board material. Put it up on the. Put it up uh, all off season long, and I, I agree with that too. So you know, using it as motivation is going to be helpful for the Buckeyes, but it's uh, it's something that you just have to deal with, and that's why rivalry games are fun because it's just been a long time since Ohio State's had to experience it from the losing side. This was a wake up call for these players. I don't think they hated Michigan. Yeah. They hate Michigan now. Right. They hate them now, and they are counting down the days Jim Trestle style till they get to play them again. I think they walked in there not knowing it would be easy, not thinking it would be easy, but thinking, we're Ohio State. We beat them every year. None of these players had even be, come close um, to being on a team that lost to Michigan. Last time it happened was 10 years ago. So I think that was part of it. Also, Michigan played a great game. They were the more physical team. There's no way you can watch that game and analyze it and not say, Ohio State got their butt kicked on both lines of scrimmage. And it's unbelievable to say that. But that's what happened. Michigan was the more physical team, and it wasn't even close. And, yeah, there's some excuses. You know, the weather, uh, I think that played into Michigan's hands. I think, you know, the flu, even that sounds like an excuse. Ohio State was dealing with that all week. But I think you just got to take the L. Michigan was the better team clearly that day, and but I tell you what, now Ohio State, if they didn't already hate Michigan, I'm not talking about Ohio State fans. We know you guys hate Michigan. The players, I don't think really did. They do now. Yeah, and uh, you heard it definitely yesterday in the player availability, as you mentioned, what the on-campus media day leading up to the bowl game, and it was really the first time a lot of these players had been able to speak to the media since the Michigan game, so uh, wanted to get some of that out there. Here's what Steel Chambers had to play, had to say about being called soft after that game. I mean, yeah, definitely stung, but I mean, at the end of the day, he was right. I personally thought we played pretty soft, me included, probably one of the bigger ones, but yeah, I mean, it's just lights firing us. Hopefully, we can get ready for next year. I like cutting sound from Steel Chambers. He sounds good, and I like when people in press conference situations don't 
obviously lie to us. I think it's cool. It's refreshing when you just get some of that, some of that, uh, that honesty. And he's like, yeah, I mean, did you see the way the defense played? I think that's reasonable and we want to get tougher and we're going to, we're going to do that. As he said, light a fire under us and now it's motivation. I love that. That was a perfect 10 second quote there from Steel Chambers. I mean, they gave up 42 points to Michigan and got kicked around. Let's see. I mean, yes, admit it. You played soft. We're not going to let it happen again. It lit a fire under us, but yeah, they did look soft in that game. Speaking of not letting it happen again, here's Jack Sawyer, defensive end, on telling Michigan, you know what? Okay, enjoy it just for this year. I just tell them, you know, go ahead and enjoy it. Enjoy it for a year. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to get that opportunity to say that stuff and, you know, trip all they want, uh, you know, after next year. So I'll just say, you know, have fun with it. Tell them, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be ready come that, that third Saturday in November next year. And we'll say one thing for Jack there. It has to be at least the fourth Saturday. I was going to say, did he do? <laughs> because it has to be after the fourth Thursday in November. So tough one on on, on that one for him. But uh, he he gets it. He knows that it's around that time. He needs to get with Coach Tressel. You could after Tressel made the three hundred ten day speech and then and then backed it up, which was like the coolest thing ever. Every time he would tell the story, people would just randomly, "How many days till Michigan?" He always knew, no matter what year it was. Look at that. So Jack Sawyer needs to know it's. The, uh, the fourth Saturday of November. Well, I think it could technically be the fifth, right? Because if the if, if like November five. started on a Friday or a Saturday, it could be that could be the first, and then the first Thursday comes, and the second Saturday is after that. You see, there's if, some math there. If, so the fourth or fifth Saturday. Uh, okay, all right. There you this go. This year, Chops. I believe it was the. This is four. your Centerville education versus my beaver creek education i see what you're doing there state champions in basketball uh, whoever the, thought that would happen is that just last year so, yeah oh, yeah and, and they have like their entire team back too like beaver creek's actually good at basketball this year and centerville beat them by like 30 like it's it's un- i never thought centerville now football you guys were always good baseball basketball you guys were kind of always like okay um back yeah. when i played it that was kind of it wasn't an easy win but you know, kind of an easy one centerville division one state champs in basketball crazy one more from the Ohio State players. Just going to read this one for you because I like this because it was a mix of different things, but and from coming from each different player. But Thayer Munford, from that coach up there, I really want to say something that I really want to say right now, but I'm not going to say it. A little wordy on that one, Thayer, but he continues. I'm going to move away from that question because it's going to make me mad. It does drive us. It really does drive us a lot, and it's going to drive the young players too. And I hope whoever said. Make sure that doesn't happen again. I'm going to mark them for that word, too, because I really hope that doesn't happen again at all, because hearing they're chirping all the time, it's annoying. I don't like it. So the coaches now have to harness this energy because it is great. It's great for motivation. Let it fuel you. But don't let it distract you. They need to, the, you have to toe the line there that it can't, it can't lead to the, you know, where it, I, I don't know if it's a circle of motivation versus distraction or whatever, but you need to keep it in that motivation section instead of just, they're always thinking about being called soft. There, there is a fine line there. And I think the players are on the right track. So the coaches, you've got a nice piece here to work with. Use it to actually fuel them. I look at this like, Clemson last year where Ohio State lost to Clemson in 2019 and then going into 2020 they were seething they could not wait to play Mm -hmm. Clemson again and they weren't sure if they'd get their chance they know they're going to get their chance at Michigan but they could not wait to play Clemson and what happened they they beat the brakes off of them Michigan's got to come to Columbus for the first time in three years they're going to face a hungry Ohio State team that's not going to be a super young Ohio State team and 
Man, I can't wait for that game. Buckeyes take on Utah next on January 1st in the Rose Bowl. Tool of the week next. Tool. Tool? Tool. Tool. Tool of the week next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident. Still causing slowdowns on 270 westbound before Cleveland Avenue. It is blocking the right lane. Traffic is bumper to bumper from Route 161 in this area. Plan about a 15-minute slowdown, and please be very careful as things continue to get cleaned up. This traffic report is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the best place to listen for everything you're into, from comedy and motivation to popular podcasts and best-selling audiobooks. Right now, take advantage of a special holiday offer and save 60% on your first three months. Learn more and sign up at audible.com. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Common Man and T-Bone present Tool of the Week. Sponsored by the Lion's Den. It's Friday. It's time for Tool of the Week. Chops and Dave Biddle. Common Man and T-Bone right here on The Fan. The winner of Tool of the Week. Receives a $50 gift card to Conrad's, the Buckeye State Store, located at Easton Gateway or ConradsOSU.com. The Buckeye State. I've heard that before, but I I was thinking Buckeyes and then Ohio State. And so when I read Buckeye State, I was like, did I miss a word or something here? But here we are. Winner receives a gift card to Conrad's. First up, we've got Bridget, my guys. God gave me big hands and a strong grip. My tool of the week is Urban Meyer, who clearly needs more lessons in how to adult properly. <laughs> how to adult properly. <laughs> I, I, I was Because I was thinking about it. I know that an NFL workplace is a very different workplace than, than most people, but it would be something if you were in your office and I don't know if you were stretching or whatever, in, in some sort of compromised position, your boss just came up and kicked you. <laughs> it was like, hey, blank, uh do your stupid radio show or something like that. Yeah, that, w- that would be... Todd's never done that to you? Uh. Uh, does that happen in your... Or, or here with... Yeah. No, I've never had to deal with that. Billy's Tool of the Week. The NFL for changing to 17 games and making me rethink what a good record is. I can get behind that one. It's a... Like, so what is a good... Like, I would say 10 and 6 was like the threshold of good yes. back in the day. Yeah. So um, now is it ten and seven, or do you have to be eleven and six for it to be good? I still say, well, it depends. If you're a Bengal fan, ten and seven's really good. If you're <laughs> if you're a Bucks fan, not so much, or a Patriots fan, not so much. And now there's no true five hundred at all. Although I like that, unless you go eight eight, yeah, eight eight and one. Steelers looking at you. Hey, hey there. <laughs> now I, I mean, I don't think that's going to last very long. I think we're going to get to eighteen pretty soon. But for now, yeah, I would say ten and seven is still a good record. Yes. Zach, my guys. Here we go. My tool of the week is nobody. Cheers to good people for one week and have a Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks, Zach. Well, we know who's not winning. (laughs) You got to come up with a real one. (laughs) Process of elimination. Up next, we've got Will. 
My tool is Michael Massey, F1 race director. The dude so poorly communicated about race incidents to the teams. He managed to piss off everyone in F1, no matter what you think of the driver's championship results. We can all agree this guy sucked at his job. I know there was something. Teddy, can you Uh, tell me what happened here? There's a uh, caution late in the F1 race, and they were tied for Stappen and Lewis Hamilton on points. Lewis Hamilton was in the lead, and then there were some lap cars in between the two guys. Well, the race director allowed those lap cars to pass Hamilton, and then it took the separation from Verstappen to Hamilton. They didn't take; they didn't let all the lap cars go by, though. They just let the ones that were in between there. So it was kind of manipulated a little bit that they didn't. They followed the rules a little bit, but not all the way. And then Verstappen passed Hamilton on that last lap and won the championship. Now explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So, uh, Michael Massey, I guess you're, you're a tool for that. I mean, I understand that. The, I, I do hear it a little bit why that's like a seedy thing to do, but I don't fully understand what's going on. <laughs> Up next, Paul, my guys. The great coaches that we have at Nashville. My tool of the week <laughs> is the person who wrote obscenities on a washer in my apartment complex. Didn't realize we were still... In middle school. Yeah, I don't, I mean, graffiti on a, on a thing. I can get behind, like, artful graffiti. If you're going to do that, if you're going to paint a nice mural, I can I can get behind that. But, yeah, the, the I wonder if that's still even a thing. I know, like, the TikTok trend this year was kids were, like, stealing things off the walls in their, in their, uh, in their school bathrooms and stuff. Do kids still write on the wall? You have children. Have you ever heard anything about that? My children are angels. They would never do that. No, I, th- I still think <laughs> graffiti is still a thing, but um, yeah, I think it's it's probably not as big of a thing as it used to be, but I did see another thing that became a trend on TikTok was them ringing the doorbell and then running off. And I'm like, oh, everything is cyclical. <laughs> we used to do that. They, that does happen with this uh, younger generation is they've, they, they, they spread these things like they're the first to discover it. And it's just like, no, you're just the, bringing back a trend. Like there was, um, there was, what was the one? They called it like winged leggings or something like that and all the girls are like those are just yoga pants those those yes. have been around yes the, like boot cut yeah but yeah so that that'll tend to happen as you're right as you said things are cyclical bub tool of the week is our hot water tank it decides to blow up right before christmas and ruin a bunch of boxes filled with old vhs professional wrestling tapes from the 90s doom despair and agony on me that's a lot of things so that's literally a tool too hot water tank that I mean, yeah right hot water <laughs> Water tank. That's maybe insurance can cover some of that. If it's, I, I don't know for sure, but either way, that's a thing you got to deal with and possibly expense around the holidays. Then it ruins a bunch of boxes filled with old VHS professional wrestling tapes. Those are probably hard to come by if you've got vintage wrestling tapes, and now they're all ruined around the holidays. Man, that is that is too bad. I, I don't like that one. Maybe James Laurinaitis has some old ones uh, laying around that he could give you. Fartbot 6000, my guys. My my tool of the week is whoever took a dump on the bathroom floor at work and then stepped in it and tracked poop all over the floor. Okay. Oh, my God. I would assume that this technically is two tools because I would hope that whoever dropped the deuce on the bathroom floor at work didn't also then go, "Ah, I'm just going to step in it and track it all over. But, oh, man. This is interesting because you and I were just having a conversation about office bathrooms, how some offices, you know, men's bathrooms will have signs on the wall that say this is a deuce-free zone. 
This if, is a you, only number one can happen here. If in the toilet, I think a toilet's a toilet. <laughs> you should be able to go number two in any bathroom that has a toilet, but you have to go in the toilet. Where are you at on this, Ted? No, I, I'm. I think there is some some rules. I don't like people doing it right outside where my desk area is, but. You know, overall, if you got to go and that's the closest bathroom, then you got to use it, right? I mean, I just missed the sign of Beanie Wells saying, like, <laughs> this is a deuce free yeah. zone. Yeah, well, th- at that place, we had two other or another bathroom outside, <laughs> yes. you know, in the hallway where you could go to not too far away. So that's that true. made sense. Yes. yes, it did. And we got to see Beanie dressed up as whatever he was dressed up as saying, this is a deuce free zone. <laughs> John says, my guys, chubby time. My tool of the week is F1 for becoming NASCAR. Taddy, explain that one to me. Well, NASCAR does like to (laughs) live in that gray area of rules. Okay. And that's where F1 sort of went with their issues over the weekend. Yeah. So. Ohio State Buckeye fan. Tool of the week is anyone involved in running the Texas State Finals along with Jerry Jones. Must be some sort of controversy with the Texas. They take, man, you've seen the crowds there. They really take that Texas uh, state final very, very seriously. Oh, high school football in general. Yeah. You look at some of the stadiums, look like they're like small college stadiums. Not even, not even small. They've got like, they have stadiums in, in Texas high school football that are bigger than some of the smaller stadiums in the Big Ten, like Northwestern Stadium, for example. Yeah, I think back to like the movie Friday Night Lights. Like, it's not too, you know, it's exaggerated and dramatized, but it's not too far off right. from what it's really like. All right, last one. Asphalt Soldier. My guys. That wasn't a doink. That was a dong. <sighs> My tool of the week is my composure new CFO. She doubled our Christmas bonus, but direct deposited it. Now my old lady knows how much my bonuses <laughs> really are. Okay, I didn't know where, what was going. I, the, well, I'm, I guess being wouldn't if it was in a check. What did you just get it in cash? Well, he but, probably gets it. He probably normally got like a separate check, and he wouldn't tell his significant other like how much and he then, was making. Yeah. Well, look, I'm sorry for for you on that one. All right, Bids, you get to pick the winner this week. I think it has to be the guy that you know somebody took a you know a, a dump in his bathroom floor. Somebody stepped in it, walked all over the office. That's disgusting. I believe that is Fartbot six thousand. So Ted, get in get in contact with Fartbot, and he can get his Conrad's. We sure it wasn't card. him. Winner receives a $50 gift card to Conrad's, the Buckeye State Store, located at Easton Gateway, or ConradsOSU.com. All right, we're going to go back page next. Common Man and T-Bone right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident blocking the right lane of I-70 westbound before 670. Traffic is stop and go from West Broad Street in this area. About a five-minute slowdown as things continue to build and more slowdowns on 71 southbound between 5th Avenue and East Broad Street. Traffic report is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the best place to listen for everything you're into, from comedy and motivation to popular podcasts and best-selling audiobooks. Right now, take advantage of a special holiday offer and save 60% on your first three months. Learn more and sign up at audible.com. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot 
and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Common Man and T-Bone, Chops and Dave Biddle heading into the weekend. We are joined now by tonight's host of the Buckeye Show and probably the second most common host on the Buckeye Show, Eric Reeser. Good Reeser. evening, How gentlemen. It'll be a new variant of the Buckeye Show tonight. It'll be uh, Tyvis Powell and I from 6 to 8. Oh, you say new variant. I a new start variant. To, I start to, yes. I start to get scared when I, I hear that. I've shows with Tyvis. I've interviewed Tyvis on shows, but never have him and I gone hand-in-hand hand oh, for a radio program. There you we'll go. do that for you uh, from 6 to 8. Uh, we're going to talk about the comments made by a 40-year-old Oklahoma man and why he seems just a bit salty. Um, I kind of get the feeling just from listening to Gundy that he might have asked Jim Knowles not to be around anymore. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about how yeah. that affects Ohio State. Not know. a very manly move by no. Mike Gundy. Mr. I'm a man, and I'm going to cry because my defensive coordinator <laughs> found a better job. Well, I, I because find he's good. I'm a man. And I find it interesting because Oklahoma State's got probably one of the most generous, sing, generous single donors in all of college sports. And if he really, it was really about the money, I think, you know, Pickens would have made it work, don't you? If he well, was alive, yeah. yeah. Didn't Pickens, oh, that's right. He's he dead. passed away. So. <laughs> I almost said, yeah, they used to have one they of the best boosters. I don't know what, what so his, maybe, I guess trust whoever, is divvied up Whoever now. has his trust is like, no, we're not donating to that program. <laughs> T. Boone Pickens, dead. Yeah, we will also uh, talk a little bit about Gabe Powers. Heard be, I, that's breaking news to me. So we'll discuss that on the program as Eric doesn't know who's alive or dead. Uh, if there was only a show on this station that provided us with births and deaths and things on this date in history. Uh, Gabe Powers is going to make it officially official about eight o'clock tonight in Marysville. Uh, we'll we'll uh, obviously get the thoughts on what he, it makes, you know, on the importance of him becoming eighteen of eighteen. At eight o'clock in Marysville. I think I I don't want to I don't want to spoil his announcement, but I, I think <laughs> he's going to no, be don't. I think he's going to be a Buckeye. Well, all right, we'll Jackson have that for you. State then. might have come across Jackson That's State true. or you, Ohio at, State at the last minute. You know, Texas did a dude flipping earlier this week. Oh, and then Patrick Murphy uh, at six thirty three from Bugnuts and twenty four seven Sports. We'll talk about National Signing Day for Ohio State, uh, name, image, and likeness, and then what's next for the basketball Buckeyes? Had a whole bunch of momentum, and then like COVID has done, stops you right in its tracks. So we'll also have some cuts from Holtman, just kind of giving some rationale for why they put the program on pause, and then what's next uh, again for Team One Twenty Three because. You know, you have all of the momentum going into what should have been a phenomenal matchup tomorrow against Kentucky, and now not such the case. And that'll be riveting when you talk to Patrick, of course. Great guy. But also, there'll be some some talk about the sauce, right? The beer. Well, yeah. it's beer, beards, and Buckeyes Yes, with that normal Friday spot. So, yes, Patrick Murphy yes. deals us at 633, and we'll do all of that then. Well, three, three, you, three of the most important things in the world, right? What beers are you going with tonight? Buckeyes. Well, my uh, nice neighbor across the street got me a uh, six-pack of Great Lakes Christmas Ale. Ooh, that's a good one. It's fantastic. That's what I'm going with tonight. I'm probably, if if I do crack any, uh, some just some Miller High Life for me. Champagne of beer. The champagne of beer. I got a Miller Light in my fridge, so that'll go down. There you go. Probably, right. probably a Bud Light, too, since they sponsor my Sunday show. There you go. Back page time. <laughs> Gotta get sponsor in. <laughs> the Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. All right, bids. You guys ready for this one? All right. We're, we've heard about a lot of interesting incidents on airplanes. Well, a passenger was forced to disembark from a flight in Florida because he insisted that wearing a red thong 
counted as a mask. Yes, he was wearing female underwear, and the, st- <laughs> the staff of the United Airlines flight told him that did not count. He insisted that it should count, and he's been on flights before when he's worn a thong as a mask. They told him, no, this man's name. Yes, I'm going to shame him here in Columbus Radio. Adam Jenny, 38 years old, was asked to leave the aircraft before it took off from the Fort Lauderdale Airport. Didn't Lane Kiffin do that for a game one year? Like, he had what became a thong by the end of the night. Like, he had some (laughs) something, and it just deteriorated slowly. By the end of everything, he was literally wearing what could have been a thong. I agree that just wear the, the normal mask, but... Why doesn't the thong count? Well, he made the point. He's, he was trying to make the point. He said that, first of all, they said like anything around your face should count. Why doesn't this count? And he finds it ridiculous that you know if you're eating or drinking on the plane, you're allowed to take your mask down. He was trying to make a point. And they yeah. were like, yeah, get out of here. No, get out of here. Hopefully it was a fresh thong. I don't know where he got this. Red lace <laughs> panty. <laughs> yeah, if it was dirty, that'd be really, you got to get out of here, <laughs> That's man. That's the whole thing, Sir. yeah. Yeah, you got to leave just on that. It's all I could find this morning. I've got one more for you guys. Chops gave me this one. This is hilarious. So the Giants, the New York Giants, they actually have season ticket holders, first of all, which is amazing. (laughs) And so you would think the Giants, they're having season holder fan appreciation day. That's good. And they're going to give away something to all of their season ticket holders at their next home game. And what they're going to give away, guys, if you're a Giants season ticket holder, you're going to get a free Fountain soft drink, medium-sized, one medium-sized free fountain soft drink. So if you want a Diet Pepsi to go to a Giants game, you're going to get it for free. For anybody who's ever worked at a convenience store, gas station, or a restaurant, (laughs) and if you've ever been privy to any of the the, the stuff from the manager, you know that the widest margin product you, you have is fountain soda. It's the reason that it's one of the, quote, perks of the job that they say just have as much fountain soda as you want because it costs nothing it's just sh- it's just like sugar syrup and carbonated water and it just combines when you do it and it, it costs nothing so this is something that they're giving away for free that really should just be free in all these events anyways because tickets are so expensive you know like uh here in columbus at the casino the they have free fountain drinks on the side of the wall why, wonder why because it's essentially free to them anyways so no this is not i mean you can't throw I, a hot dog, man. I mean, what are the Giants? It's at least for season ticket holders. Yes, these are season ticket holders. I mean, you know what this reminds me of, fellas? I'm not the, it's not apples to apples, but it reminds me of when Michigan was struggled, struggling even to get students <laughs> yeah. to come to football games. They're like, how about we'll give you like a two liter of Coke if you come to a, like, okay, now we'll come watch your terrible football team if you give us a two liter of Coke back in the Dave Brandon era when he was the AD. I think Brady, I believe that was the Brady Hoke era, not the Rich Rod era. It was one of the two where Michigan was trying to bribe their students to come to games by giving them a two liter of coke is that a pepsi logo on it is that a pepsi. email this all is right a pepsi logo if you walk up yeah. to uh you're in metlife stadium you walk up to the the counter and you're a season ticket holder you've got your redemption code what soda are you getting what medium soda would you choose well, i'm a i'm a former mountain dew guy but I, I i break my rule of of not drinking regular mountain dew if i'm like at a restaurant or if i'm on vacation i'll have the i'll go back to my old school i have the regular mountain dew get a the nice le- mountain dew at a le- steakhouse the leaded stuff no not no <laughs> I, I definitely prefer milk with my steak jim harbaugh no i'm usually having a beer if i'm at a if i'm at a restaurant or a, a mixed drink but uh what about you, yeah, Reese, you what do you order how does pepsi taste with whiskey because if you're a giants fan and you're actually going to this game you might want to be a little liquored up so if you've got an airplane bottle with you they've provided the mixer there you go there essentially you go. i just don't know how it tastes with pepsi because that's not something i've ever 
tried. So maybe Dr. Pepper yeah. and whiskey, or is R- rum, Dr. Pepper rum and not, Pepsi? Or is I don't Dr. Pepper know. not it a Pepsi? The same. Is it anybody ever the same mix as, as cola with alcohol? I don't. I don't know. That that would be new. I to think me. we just invented something here on the show. I'd probably go with Pepsi. Or you never know where Dr. Pepper is <laughs> going to show up. It's kind of a free agent. Sometimes people who have Coke products will have Dr. Pepper. Sometimes it'll show up in a Pepsi place. So I, I like I like a good old Dr. Pepper. But either way, Giants. Do better. All right, Buckeye Show coming up next. You've got Eric Reeser and Tyvis Powell tonight. For Dave Biddle, I'm Chops, Common Man and T-Bone right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident blocking the right lane of I-70 westbound to 4670. Traffic is bumper to bumper from West Broad Street in this area. Plan on some heavy slowdowns and a crash on the ramp from East Livingston to I-70 eastbound. Plan on some heavy backups here as well. Traffic report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples Connect has big savings on the house holiday tech. Right now, Apple AirPods are just $169. Explore all the great holiday tech at your local Staples Store or staplesconnect.com. In-store only. Offer ends on the 18th. Limit two. While supplies last, Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Have a great weekend. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. The Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus, The Fan. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry. The other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald ball! Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too, would be bald if I don't if I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills, or whatever the generic is called now, yeah. for almost 20 years. It's called Amateur Pecia. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> And I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know probably trying to forestall the inevitable and melissa's like wow man everybody's just you know out here not embracing their baldness and i'm like you're i i too shave like i don't let it grow long i don't have like the you know coconut with a hulu skirt on it like no i'm not gonna do that different look and you can't shave it all the way no you can't be totally bald you look like a clan member Thanks. You, Thanks. you would. You would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just stop What it am now. I supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, Is there are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just <laughs> saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have, like, shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. 
That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing. That's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like, oh, he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people saying get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I that's, know, I know, I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because well, I just fine want, now. Okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. like every other fat soccer yes, loving guy good. Right? I don't <laughs> I don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate so good all right a special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet come back for more podcast and again the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us care heating and cooling call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust stop listening now the podcast is over turn it off go do something 